You're listening to the audio version of the Geek Apocalypse podcast, bought by yours truly, Mr. Resident Geek, Stephen Hesse. We are available on iTunes, as well on www.geekapocalypse.com. Broadcast live and exclusively from Newcastle, England, in good old UK. We also have a YouTube account, which is www.youtube.com forward slash geekapocalypse, where we'll be, we will be uploading all the videos from our podcast, as well as from Twitch. Speaking of Twitch, we are also just starting a Twitch account, which you can find at www.twitch.tv forward slash geekapocalypse, where you can follow us to find out all the streaming we will be doing on said site. Also, you can, if you want to know everything that we're absolutely up to, you can follow us on Twitter, which is at geek underscore apocalypse. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy being a geek. Hello everybody, welcome along to episode number 84 of the Geek Apocalypse Podcast with yours truly, Mr. Stephen Hesse. As you can hear in my voice, my voice is gone. It is almost gone. I'm using what little energy I have left after a long, long, hard day to give you this absolutely awesome intro that I never get wrong, that I never interrupt, that I never lose my train of thought. What was I talking about? But anyway, uh, so I'm just trying very, very hard for this voice to last through this intro and try and get it as awesome as I can, but knowing my luck, I'll probably get it wrong. But if you know that already, you know that you're already a listener to this very podcast, so welcome, and if you're brand new to this, welcome still, and thank you so much for checking out the podcast, we really appreciate it. This episode is with Mr. Wayne Madden. Wayne Wayne is a really, really old friend of mine, I've known him for a very long time. Uh, We did Y Radio together, which is what we touched on. Uh, We also talk about video games, wrestling. As you can tell, with knowing each other, we go off several tangents. Uh, we talk about Jim Carrey films, we talk about uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, we talk about um, youth work and the benefits of it, we talk about school, we talk about uh, Apocalypse, uh, Wayne's going to be more involved in it, talk about Kickstarter, various other things. It's a really, really fun uh, idea of a hosted episode, which essentially is what we're going to do more of. So I will say right now, here and now, is that Wayne and Wayne will be more involved and we're going to do more hosted episodes like this in the future. And I want to involve Wayne more because he's a perfect guest and I hope this kind of clarifies why. In regards to where you can find Wayne, Wayne's on Twitter, which is at, Wa- at Wayne G Madden. Um, that's Wayne, uh, W-A-Y-N-E-G Madden, as in uh, M-A-D-D-E-N. That's hard for a sexy person to say. And also you can find him on our Twitch channel on Thursday nights doing uh, Telltale stuff at the minute. He's currently doing Walking Dead. So huge thank you to Wayne for doing this. Uh, we recorded this at my house. You can do the, the video version. I'll be uploading on YouTube in a sec. And also, I need to remind people that I'm uploading all the previous YouTube uh, video podcasts from previous ones, starting with uh, Paul Gerard, episode 79. I just released today, and I'm going to upload more in the future, as well as this one in the coming weeks. Uh, loads of podcasts coming up, but uh, for the meantime, enjoy this episode 84 with Mr. Wayne Madden. Enjoy. I love the Irish. <laughs> Okay, 
Okay, hello everybody, welcome to Geek Apocalypse Podcast, episode number 80, 80 fucking four. 84. I know, 84. Wow. 80 fucking four. Uh, I need to get a life, clearly. Uh, but, anyway, but anyway, yeah, so um, welcome to, uh, uh, for those of the benefit of the uh, YouTube, hello, and also to the uh, to the audio version, which is going to be on iTunes and, and, and the websites, so wherever you're listening to. Thank you. If you're listening to iTunes, please do subscribe. Uh, but we have a very extra special guest uh, who actually, so, so if you're not watching this on the video, you'll see he's, he's sitting uh, to my left, to the right on the video. Of this. Yes, I don't get how this works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's backwards, uh, like the good old Red Dwarf episode. That's true, um, that's true. And, uh, although, although, I have to, oh, I, although I find that in, when I watch that episode, when they take sort of poetic license by the fact that not every part of it in that episode is backwards. Like true. there's certain things that true. aren't backwards yes, and certain things yes. that are. But who'd have thought Unem was bitter backwards? You know, like, because when you switch things backwards, they sound different. Mm. It's really weird. But anyway, a uh, huge, uh, huge hello to Mr. Wayne Madden. Hello, Yay. sir. Yay! I'm good, I'm good, thank you. Um, good, good. My, my first question, really, to you uh, is, is, can you remember episode one? I do remember episode one. And what, what was, remind me, what was episode one? What did you do for that? And was that like... It was, was it- uh, with Robbie. Uh, which is going to be one of the things I'm wanting to do, mm-hmm. actually, as a as a segue to that, is I'm going to do a, um, like, obviously, because me and we were talking before the podcast, we should mention this, because the context before we get into that is, oh, yeah, uh, sure. it, we should mention the context. Wayne and I are old friends, we've known each other for a long time, we actually, uh, if for the better, actually, you Wayne was good old Mr. Wayne was mentioned in the last podcast because I got interviewed. It was a special podcast where oh, yeah. where I got interviewed by um, Matt Dawson, not the rugby player Matt Dawson, oh, <laughs> but uh, Matt Dawson, who is a friend of friend of uh, friend of the show from uh, One Up Gaming podcast, which is a, right, right. another uh, podcast and from the UK. And he was doing uh, a college project, and he wanted to to interview me about running a business and yes. various other things. So I said to him, "Can I use the audio?" So while he did that, he asked me about before Geek Apocalypse, yes. which leads to how me and Wayne know each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because one of the thing, one of the one of the things that we did was um, was Y Radio, which is how me and Wayne mm. met. I know we've probably said this story before on some Geek Apocalypse podcast because you I'm have sure been on have. a podcast yeah, yeah. Se- several. Well, uh, if, if I you put look my in name into iTunes, it comes up. If I put my name into podcasts on my iPhone, uh-huh. the two search results that come up is is Geek Apocalypse. So I've been Fantastic. on two shows, although okay. I can't tell you the numbers. But yeah, yeah, on. I was going to yeah. say, d- yeah. I run the thing and I can't tell you what number. <laughs> uh, it is, um, that'll be because like I would have uh, tagged you in the yes. episodes yeah, yeah, and, all, yeah. and all that. So yeah, no, that's cool. Um, you, you were probably even on, so you might have even been in more than that because there, there could have been just the odd one There's when you were chance. around or yeah, whatever, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's uh, we were just talking about that off air actually about um, Wayne being more involved in, 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 in the future because we just with me being ill and various other things that hasn't happened happened but that's going to be happening in the future but anyway that was the context but in terms of to answer your question in regards to the first episode was with Robbie uh, my friend Robbie uh, it was in his house in his living room and we actually did talk about Star Trek related stuff it was actually wow. um, it was actually uh, us joking that the Borg were outland revenue <laughs> like uh, like the Borg because the resistance is, actually, resistance yeah. is futile and basically like because we were like money is irrelevant yes. taxes is irrelevant but the Borg are kind of a kind of immoral immoral yes. like tax tax revenue people and that they just go around assimilating people who they who are misbehaving basically and that was kind of our 
our way of just describing the Borg to people mm. who weren't Star Trek fans. But um, and I found that quite funny. Yeah, they were just, no, they were just literally totally. like. But yeah, no. So yeah, it's been, and that was March thirty first, two thousand and thirteen. Was there was was when we when we all went, so it's it was not that long ago where I had my two year anniversary of starting this. Wow. But um. But I think w- that was recorded in like January because I did right. like five. I did like five and two months in preparation for sure, it to be released. Sure. Um, but yeah, God, and it's funny when I look back at that. And funny, it's preparation for that interview. I did listen back to some of the early ones, yes. and I and I. It, it's amazing how comfortable I am doing these now. <laughs> like, and I mean, I have you to thank in some sense because in regards well like well us as a team because I think all the noise, all the noise, oh, up and, noise up. And in all the what, like with mine and all your shows and all the stuff we were involved in, I learned my my trade through doing that. Well, you know? it's it's good that you mentioned that actually because I might as well bring this up oh, now. Oh. Um, I'm not sure how much I can say about this. Uh, Wayne's here against his will. That's As a kind of an overview, but at the moment I'm working with a charity. <laughs> <laughs> at the moment I'm working with a charity on a thing called the National Citizenship Scheme. Uh-huh. And part of that is where there's a group of 16, 17 year old young people. And they get together in a group and part of the project that they do with me is that they do a social action. Mm-hmm. So we go out into the community, we plan a social action to give something back, yes. having got a couple of rewards before that for various other things. Mm-hmm. But that led me yesterday to be in the Metro Centre at half eight, nine o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I'm standing there waiting for some of my young people to show up. And who should show up? Only Michael. <laughs> <laughs> ah, good old Michael and Hubble. Michael is as subtle as a kick to the face. He is he's yeah. such a lovely man. Did he come up and go like still an Irish prick or something, yeah, something, like, something like, like that? Yeah, yeah, That's literally yeah. like for those that for obviously there'll be no one who knows <laughs> what, what we were talking about here. But but what Wayne's referring to is we did we did a, a it was your baby as well. You would say in terms of your in your your plant your your idea. Uh, we did Radio 101, which was a, a radio skills course, and Michael yes. Hebel was a guy who attended. Actually, for those who, that know Geek Apocalypse in the wider form, Kieran came out of that. Yes, uh, that's how me, that's how, that's yeah, how yeah, Kieran yeah. and I, is it, when we say came out of it, it's like, <laughs> it's like he blossomed out of it. Yes. But, but in a sense, well, he, he did, in a sense he, he, did. he did, yeah, in a sense he did, yeah, actually, I don't know why I'm because joking, when that's Kieran true. first turned up, I remember him being a very, um, educated young man in one sense in terms of he knew a ridiculous amount about video games but he was also I'm sure sure he's happy for me to even describe him at that time as extrovert because Mm -hmm. he's certainly come out of his shell so much yeah yeah that he he looks and, and especially when I watch your stream and I see him playing games. He's a million He's a totally percent. different man. I know, yeah. And you know, <laughs> I, I don't want to like sort of embarrass him any further as no, well. But no. like, but what I will, but I will say this to him because it was a nice sort of thing between us. But when I was going through my horrible time in hospital, mm-hmm. he actually sent me a thing to that effect of saying that like he had us. Well, he, he, I, I think he would include you in this, but obviously he was just sure, talking of course, to me. Of course, but um, but but he was just like, but it was true. Like you know, but but he's a, a good example of it, really. Mm-hmm. That that. Um, he was someone that was at the time wasn't at school. Now he's going to yeah. college. Well, he's it, thinking about it? going yeah. to college. He's just done his JCSEs, and and as you're quite right in that, I, I say to him like I don't think, uh, and I said this to him when he started streaming on the channel, was I don't think he would have 
Um, I don't think he would have streamed the time that we saw him because I think he would have been too nervous to do it. No, absolutely. Like, I, I, I really yeah. do think that. I really do think, like, because he wouldn't have come out of his shell. He's still, you know, he's going to, as he gets older, he'll learn to do that even more oh, so yeah, and pick absolutely. and choose because, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's something that I find interesting because I get often said that I'm an extrovert because I'm perceived as one, but but I, I like Mike Myers' quote on that subject of, mm-hmm. I'm a site Pacific extrovert. And an introvert the rest of the time, because, yeah. and, and, I, and I and I and I and I agree with him in that sense. That well, it's, I think it's you funny, pick and choose when you are. It's funny after what you said about Kieran. Yeah, uh, Michael had said to me yesterday. He says, "Do you still see Stephen <laughs> and all that?" And we'd been chatting a bit about like sort of the radio course mm-hmm. and the fact that Michael still proudly refers to himself as the first ever graduate, probably because he was the only one to finish the first ever course, but that's a different matter. So what is he, what is he doing now? He then? is working in the Blue Mall. It's, oh, yeah, it's a it's store that there. does kind of, um, it looks to do kind of gift items for Tyneside. Okay. They sell kind of like, it's like a tourist board shop is the best way I can describe it. But he actually said to me, and you know, I don't know whether he was just having a laugh or something, but he looks at me and in a moment of rare clarity and wisdom from Michael Heppel, he says to me, Wayne, he says, honestly, if it wasn't for you and Stephen, he says, I could have been anywhere. I could have been in jail right now. He says, you guys have really, you know, he says, if it wasn't for you guys and, and a little tear, actually. I mean, I know, yeah, it's, it's a really, it's a really awesome thing to be told. It does, it does kind of, it does kind of make it feel really fulfilling. And I think as a wider context, again, in the last episode, I was asked about youth work and I think this is something that you'll, I know you're still sort of involved Mm. in it. Sure, sure. Um, but um, it 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 it, it kind of reinforces what I think. That's what youth work has the power it has. Yes. Because I think school's all well and good, but I think the problem with school is that it's a preset thing that you have to do, and you have to do a certain number of subjects. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, I mean, there's very few people who are curious minded or interested in a multitude of stuff. So there'll be certain subjects that you'll just not like, and even I who I think, especially as I've got older, my curiosity, because I think that's my best quality, is always going to be interested in in a lot of subjects. Yeah. But even I reached a point with certain things, and I don't mean no disrespect to the people who did the teaching for me, but like, for example, graphics. I can't draw. I'm not particularly interested in it because I'm not good at it. Because that's yeah. one of the things, if yeah. you're not good at it, it's very difficult to to want to draw if you're not or, or mm, to do stuff true, if you're, or, or to make stuff if you're just not good at it you know um, like that joke in Red Dwarf where, where Rimmer says um, you know it took me six months to, to make a tent peg like that's that's literally <laughs> what I was like in a CDT um, but, uh, but yeah so my point is is that with youth work when you make something they pick and choose where they go to yes. and pick and choose what to learn and I think with us having done that, which, and let's face it, there's not a lot of media. This is one of the reasons that we mm. came up with it. Yeah, I remember yeah. me and you having a conversation where the reason I thought when you came to me and said, I want to do this and I want you to help me. And I was like, this is this is a great idea because what can you say people do media related that are under 16? Because the only real media opportunity you get is after 16 when you start going to college or, or mm-hmm. heading towards uni. And even then you've got a two year wait in sixth form. And unless you go to a Pacific well, this is sixth true. form I mean, or Pacific area, yeah, and you, you're is... going to struggle to get practical experience. Yeah, because because um, I mean, this is true. Like I've I've worked on both sides of the spectrum. Yes, I've exactly, been lucky yeah. enough to work in an area where the pay was low, the management were questionable, the hours were long, you didn't feel respected, and yet on the other hand, I've been lucky enough to work recently with a company where the job was good, you were respected, you got good money. And you were well appreciated. But 
Having said that, and, and I know you're going to think that this is terrible. <laughs> I'm laughing. The there was a moment when I kind of was in that job thinking, yes, the money is great and financially it, it helps, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. But there was a moment when I thought, I would love to go back to Bailey or Primary and do those classes again. Because those kids got more out of it than any other group, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. in that respect. Definitely. And to kind of, if you could have taken that work and then put it together with maybe the money from Plan B and well, merge them together. Well, what's funny about that as well is, especially now that I'm essentially doing Geek Apocalypse full time, is mm. that is that um, I think not only I think the benefit is if we ended up going to do that it, it independent independently as in us doing it without a sort of third party involvement we can actually offer them the very thing that that we didn't offer them when it ended yes. because you know they were saying oh we need to we need to um we need to um have a, a a website to be able to to put it online whereas they could borrow my server for example and i could distribute it for them yeah. uh, for example so yeah no i mean it's funny because I got asked that question on the podcast was that whether I would do, you know, would I go back to, to youth work because, you know, I did it for two years yeah, or whatever yeah. it was. Um, and, you know, there's nothing stopping me. No, um, sure. Uh, and if I did do it, I would do it in a sort of freelancey format where, mm. where, where, where it would be short and sweet because, you know, I, I, in order for a business to become successful, and I've noticed this with the, with the, with the effect it's had with me being able to have all my time spent on this mm. is that um, is that having just a few hours a week to learn to get some extra money to to to, to put back into the business while I figure out how to make it self sufficient is gonna is useful. So the point I'm making is there's nothing stopping stopping if you wanted to do that and I, if you wanted. Well, us both to do it. There's nothing to stop us doing that in the future. Like yeah, especially once absolutely. my absolutely. once my sick sick pay leaves really is because, I mean the reality of the situation is next September, which is probably when I would want to do that from yes. se- next September yes. when my is when my sick pay would end mm. and I would be allowed to work again. So I, I so so yeah I would um I would um I would definitely do it then really if, oh, I, if, I, if I but but yeah the 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 point stands is what you said in regards to. No, totally. I would, I would do, you know, because as, as we were just talking, as I just was mentioning about the, um, about youth work, because it just feels very fulfilling when you actually do something that means something. It does, yeah. Um, that means something to, to uh, someone. And I'm not saying, I mean, teaching is a really hard thing. Of we course, should say that. Course, we should yeah, say teaching, it, I think that is a very valuable thing and people who do do teaching deserve a great deal of credit. The the issue I have with it, and I think the issue, if you ask teachers honestly behind the scenes without fearing of losing their job, mm-hmm. I have talked to some teachers privately, and it does come down to that they're just handcuffed by the syllabus. Well, this is um, the truth, and and that's uh, that's what I was going to say. When yeah. you remove the barriers in the sense of when you remove the standard structure of a syllabus, when you remove the need to prepare certain exam questions for a very specific exam at the end of a year you actually find so much more opens up to you. And that's, I suppose, that's the benefit that I find that I have in the NCS now. Mm-hmm. These guys can come and do the NCS, the National Citizenship Scheme. They can get involved. They can enjoy it. Um, probably a lot more than they do school mm-hmm. because essentially there is there is a structure to what we do and there is a structure to what the NCS sets out. But it is slightly, it is it is very different from the traditional sort of 
right, well, we're going to study the poetry. Well, of it's Wars a choice as well. We have an exam. It's a choice as well, isn't it? Yes. Mm. I mean, they don't have to go. So it's exactly. like, I, I think that's the, 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 the I think people don't realize the huge power that if you give children a choice on what to do, mm. that that's they're, they're much more likely to be involved in it than, than, for example, if they say, if you say, well, okay, oh, um, you know, you have to go to this lesson because if you don't, you get punished for it. Yeah. That is a very poor approach to getting someone to care about something. You know, if you don't go, you'll, you'll be repercussions whereas um if 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 you make it out that if you go you're going to learn something and enjoy it it i i always think if you go if you have the approach of the enjoyment factor and go if you go you're going to really enjoy yourself mm-hmm. for kids that's i mean because i think there's so much pressure on kids now to, to do well like whether yeah. it be exams or whatnot it's just that the, the pressure they're under is enormous and i just think you know, I heard this the other day. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember the the, the, the I think it was just on a podcast or, or something that I listened to where where they just made the really simple point of kids need to be kids, be allowed to be kids. They just need to be. They just need to enjoy themselves. They mm-hmm. just need to enjoy themselves and actually be kids and have fun. Yeah. You know, and I think the the, the way that the way that in particular the the UK school system's built up is that um, that's not really the case. But yeah. I, that they're not really allowed to do that. And um, the, 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 because you know that we're, we're testing them like from a really early age and be, making them be fearful of exams and whatnot. Nice. You know, when I, I see so many kids that you know when we do when I do come in contact with kids within that age range in the work that I had did do that I did do and have done. That's that's all they that, that's that, that's all they care that's all they're worried about. Like that they they, they love school and then when they get to the the stats, they're just shit scared that they're gonna. <laughs> they're shit scared that they're gonna lo- they're gonna they're gonna not pass and them and you want to say to them. Because <laughs> sats, in a very simplistic sense, are just a sh- uh, is is for them to see means, how well they're progressing. Yeah, and it um, and it means a lot to a lot of people. I mean, uh, why radio wasn't? I mean, it it was a particularly difficult thing to do, mm-hmm. but I'm sure you'll agree it wasn't the hardest thing in the world ever. Yet its legacy is such that I even had someone come up to me only last week and mention why radio to me and say cool. god i remember that and i've listened to a couple of those and mm-hmm. whatever happened and yeah, do, yeah. you know do, where where are you guys now and it's a case of kind of trying to say well you know he's there and i'm here and Stu smiles i i haven't <laughs> I, I really don't know i would why radio reunion yeah know, yeah like what, 10 years that time. would be that would be quite interesting actually i've spoken to jamie joe thompson and cal frazier about that mm-hmm. and i have missed so many opportunities because jamie turned 21 recently God. and i was actually invited to his birthday yeah, and i was yeah. like i really wanted to go and i got the dates mixed up and i couldn't make it I would have well, went to that if yeah. I remembered, but yeah. But no, well, this is it, like, so, oh, yeah. um, but but that kind of, like, getting about four or five of us in a room and maybe doing a Geek Apocalypse. Do you know what? The Geek Apocalypse episode 99 should be a Y Radio reunion. <laughs> yeah, we could that do that. Totally, that would be cool, that yeah. That totally let's, let's do it, yeah. Yeah, I, they, yeah. They have been, uh, they've had a, they've had an open invitation to be on. Oh, yeah, At yeah, one yeah. point, at one point, uh, at one point, I think that was going to happen. Uh, oh, yeah, Like, totally, uh, when, totally. when, um, when I was speaking to Cal. Because I, I used to bump into out of all out of all of them, I used to bump into Cal fairly regularly, just just yeah. just walking around, and um, and uh, yeah, I did kept saying to him that we should organise something, but yeah, because I think no, was, it's all good. Well, I was saying to someone recently, maybe it was yourself, maybe it was the the last, it couldn't be the last time we did a podcast, but maybe it was. Cal had asked me they did a Kickstarter project 
in college in Sunderland Uni to yes. fund their movie. Yes. And Cal had oh, asked yeah, me to come was, in um, and do a voiceover. Yeah, yeah. And I came in and spent a day with him and his mates and I did a voiceover with them. This is only about four or five months ago okay. that I did this. But then Cal <sighs> said to me, Wayne, cool. that's me finished uni. And wow. I what? Wow, and he was like, yeah. that's me finished uni. That's the last thing I ever do for uni. So what was he doing? What was he doing? Um, what was he doing? Uh, going off to, uh, as Cal put it, going on the dole, really, if you can't find a job. What's it called in Westerns? Is that just off into the sunset? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Off into the sunset, thinking of a, a greener pasture. It's a shame my uh, harmonica's not around here. I could have done a whole... Could have done a whole uh, a song for Cal. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, but no, so well. I mean, as you as you may have as you may have known, because I think you you penciled in to be involved in this. You were, weren't you? When we were uh, going to yes, do that's the, right. You were the do looking that. forward to failure. That's yeah. right. Yes. yes uh, of course. I, it's funny because um, I, I was talking about this before we started the podcast with Wayne that um, you know looking into Kickstarter because Kickstarter is it went from being like a crowdfunding a crowdfunding thing for pretty much anything you wanted to now yes. it's kind of like a supply and demand type service because that's why sort of board game companies really like it because you know like to, to give an example a montreal when they made yeah. tomb raider yeah they actually lost money even though that was a bestseller for ages yeah. i mean i know you spent that like they're, they're, they're sort of like mid-budget movies now mm. i mean they make um that they, they spend like maybe 50 million or something like i know for the witcher Yes. I overheard a conversation with a guy in a, in a retail shop here in Newcastle where a guy actually said to the manager how much that Namco was spending promoting The Witcher and it's oh, just yeah, a yeah. ridiculous amount I mean because they had like a trailer in the Hobbit film I mean that kind of tells you and that must have cost that wouldn't have been well, no this small is, change well you know? this is it like this um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. so they're kind of like middle of the road middle of the like not middle of the, I hate that word middle of the phrase middle of the road cause, you know, but you mean I mean they're sort of mid budget films now you know and so anyway EA Montreal still lost money and the reason for that is because EA EA and certain companies of that stature do not realize that like buying a bulk of a certain thing and expecting it to sell a certain amount is not how the world works now anymore no. and Kickstarter is kind of proprietor of that yeah. because you can go with a board game and go I've got this board game how many people want it you look at the Kickstarter and go oh it reached its target and 50 people want the game I go to the printers I ask them to make 50 copies of it and you lose no you lose no you lose no more over production costs by yeah. spending money on yeah, too many games yeah, uh, and so it's fantastic for so that's why board game companies and that are thriving because that's what loses companies like that money is over predicting well I think somebody um, said to me that Rockstar Games made more money from the table tennis game they made than from Grand Theft Auto 4 <laughs> probably because true. the table tennis game came out of sessions where people were looking to take a break from developing GTA 4. And so as a result, it cost them virtually nothing to, to make, make yeah, that yeah, game. Yeah. And it was done on the because back of Because it was GTA. a rockstar game. Yeah. People bought it. it I bought it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I used to love playing table tennis. Yeah. I, uh, I, it, if I ever get... It's like, you know, I was just talking behind the scenes about getting my, like getting some office space and I'm like... Mm. And, I, and, and to, you know what I'm like? I'll go... Where can I fit the pool table? <laughs> you guys literally be what the first thing I think of. Um, but it was oh, like a table tennis table, but because like, I'd be like, uh, if, if I got a team together, it would be like, right, right, it's uh, dinner time. Who am I going to beat at tip pool? Uh, let's play a pound to go when I stays on. Which uh, <laughs> but, speaking of speaking of pool, I don't know how um, you have I don't know how you have any time at all to do anything. Do you know that? Um, 
Do you know that every season of Red Dwarf is now streaming on Netflix? Yes, I saw it. Yes, I was on the I was on the other day. I know. Yeah. (laughs) What I love about it as well, everyone's the people who don't know Red Dwarf are probably like seven seasons, uh, and it like started in 1987. And everyone's going to look at that, especially Americans, and go, "Only seven seasons, and it's back now." What the fuck happened? Not realizing there was a big, huge gap. And then everyone's like, "Where's like where's season nine? And I love exactly, exactly. Yeah. 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 What the fuck? (laughs) Like, and also, um, and also, what's great about that is. Um, what's also funny about that is is I love the fact that they've put the all that the newer series is the is the is the um like I, I know it rotates but more often than not when I see it on Netflix it just has the beginning it has the beginning uh, the, the 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 new series is the picture yes, yeah. and you kind of look between that and 1987's version oh, know, and with the gray with the gray ship apparently they wanted to make it look submarine like and i'm like apparently i was like it does look submarine like in terms but of i mean it's kind of it's, it's kind of weird um, as well um i don't know whether like grant you know grant and and doug and all that i don't know whether they were perhaps going to get some money off microsoft because i noticed that microsoft skipped from windows 8 to windows 10 yeah i've got so, it there's a pop-up window on yeah. my thing saying you can pre-order so, it so and that like, being uh, the case there it, was yeah. no windows 9 well they yeah. stole that idea from red i know dwarf. yeah bastards. microsoft should be paying red dwarf compensation very true very true idea. yeah, very yeah, true. yeah. But yeah, but anyway, yeah. I, 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 that train of thought that I, it was the looking forward to failure thing is that yes. like is the um, when I did a, a Kickstarter a, a Skype call with a friend of mine, and I mentioned this before we started, mm. and I was talking to him about Kickstarter projects, and I didn't realize this at the time, but I mean uh, Jamie and that will tell you when we did it. I mean it was it was it was a struggle because we realized we needed far more people, which is one of the reasons why yeah. when we were going to reshoot it yes. before it kind of just died a death was um we were going to include you as a producer because yeah. i was just doing too much um it, and but when i went through and i and we were talking about kickstarter on the skype call i realized like i had really done my research in regards to kickstarter because i said like anytime they ever brought something up i was going you know they're looking forward to failure series i really do think we could get the money to do that on kickstarter because if we all agree to do the pilot, I now have a flat which we can use for the. I thought we could use this flat as a as a as a yeah, as, the, yeah. as the actual setting instead of my parents because then I wouldn't have to. And instead of my parents' house, which is what originally it was under. Yes. Um. And I really do think we could, we could do. I mean, I've got and I've got lighting rig now, so we can borrow yeah, the lights yeah, and totally. everything. Um. And I am. Um, I do think we could do it. I do think we could. I do think we could do it. Like because. The idea for that, because you weren't involved in the beginning bit, but I probably did talk to you about it at the time of a little bit, was we were gonna we basically the the whole idea was over a weekend we were gonna film the pilot, put the pilot online, so it was gonna be like a ten, twelve minute video mm-hmm. with the pilot and then a little bit of me talking about it beforehand and going, Hello, this is looking forward to failure. He has the pilot episode and then asking for a certain amount of money to yeah. finish the series. Yeah. So I wrote seven episodes, um web series lengths, so around ten, twelve minutes. Yes. Um and um, I'm super proud of it. Anytime I, anytime I read back to it, because this came out of a, a when I tried to get into the BBC. That's it. Yes. That was its. Yeah. Um, that was its uh, beginning bit. Was that I did it. One of the things they ask you to do as a BBC producer is to write a sitcom mm. pilot, and I did that. They liked it. I got onto the next bit, and then I just had it in my inbox for ages, and I just went, you know what? I'm gonna look back at that. The the so if we, the web series didn't get made. 
as a little sort of it, what the episode two was the actual pilot I wrote for BBC mm. and I wrote a star episode to basically introduce the characters because when you do like a, a pilot sitcom for the BBC production that was just like a, an exercise so I didn't actually like establish any characters I just did a whole, it's interesting actually I did a whole I've, I've thing. Seen but I really do think uh, yeah. we should do it I really do at some point because um, I've, I've seen that happen with a couple of shows um, Black Books is a notorious example yeah where the second episode of Black Books almost introduces you painfully to each character yeah and yes Graham Linehan wrote the wrote that second episode as a pilot but said yeah, actually he would rather have made the original episode that yeah. he did well yeah. I uh, but because well to be well you know what's interesting about that is I wouldn't have done the first episode either Oh, right. uh, if I like, if like, um, but the reason I did that is because uh, essentially it needs to, it, 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 for want of a better word, it's kind of a showcase yeah. for what the show is going to be. So yeah. it was just establishing who they are. Whereas episode two was kind of you figuring it out as you go, but I wanted to do a 10 minute pilot. So the reason it's seven episodes is because it was only going to be six, but then I, I wrote another one to do as a pilot mm. for the Kickstarter because basically how kicks how how everyone I've spoken to have done Kickstarter because I've talked to people for various scales so people who have done like 20 20 hour like uh, like 25 20,000 20, pound Kickstarters yeah, yeah, yeah. and people who have had over 100,000 pound like like uh, Chris who, who who runs Modifius and um and uh, and uh, and and they've all said the same thing that if you have something if you showcase what it is you want them because i think people make the mistake a lot of times on kickstarter when they just like kind of like uh i don't know like they'll they'll they'll, they'll hold up something and go i've got this mug uh i want to make more <laughs> bye like and that's literally that's yeah. literally the, all they do or with uh, you know like i can't really show a board game but like if it's it's uh, they do a lot of people do that with board yeah, games yeah they sure. don't show how the board sure. game's made they don't give a rough outline of what it is to just go it's the, this is the thing they do this to do that um whereas um this the, the successful ones i see all have con- kind of continuing pattern but one of the things that we would do is obviously the great thing about content and this is something i, I spoke about in the in last last week's episode was was that you can you can um you with content you just add more content to, and give it as exclusive mm. so like we would just do a bunch of interviews and i'd do an interview with you if you were part of it and go how did you get involved how do you know steve and all that kind of thing yeah. interview all the actors and then that would be we would release that over the kickstarter period but only on the kickstarter and then we'd say you know for a certain amount of pledge people would get a dvd version with all the extras on yes. including like bloopers and various other things uh, and we just wouldn't release them anywhere else the dvd would be the exclusive content and that's much more easier to to get people to pledge than say for example the theater idea where i'm going how do i how do i get the money to offset what money i'm going to spend on getting the theater space you know, can I do can I do that on a Kickstarter? And it's like, but what would I give as incentives for people to do yeah, the theatre sure, other than sure. seeing the theatre be built? Like because then that's just that's sort of like you I don't know, see in a really simplistic sense, that's like me give you giving me a tenner and I'm going and I go off and, and, and you know and and buy something for myself and you get nothing out of it. Yeah. It's yeah, like sure, other, sure. other than like if you really wanted to see the theatre, which would be great, which which you know, there'll be some people who probably would do that, but yeah. not enough for it to be no, of course, yeah, to yeah. be a full preg project. But but um but yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's 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 a great it's great as I said, it's great to be sort of catching up really because um I because, think I think it's great that those mediums exist. Like go yeah, yeah. me, Kickstarter stuff like that. It's great that those because I've I've um I was speaking with a musician called Toxic Melons 
and he's based I've heard in of him. Newcastle. I've heard of him, yeah. And uh, he's a quite nice guy. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Paul is, is, is his real name. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, he came into Y Radio a few times. Oh, yeah. Back in the day, mm-hmm. but since then, he's done um, a couple of Kickstarter campaigns, and he was the Great one who rose well. the most. He was the one who wrote, uh, raised the most money in the Tyne and Wear area for a locally based Kickstarter or something nice. like that. So we ended up basically getting his entire album of Bus Therapy just just podcasted or something. Nice, so, like on SoundCloud. Or something, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah got it all up and got it produced and all that. But he um, he just started writing begging there's, emails to people and just there's yeah. um, there's 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 examples of of, of more mainstream produ- more mainstream yeah. musicians who yeah. do that now where they like well I say mainstream. You know, because what's in what this is probably something we could discuss is that because if you think about it now, the main discernible difference is there isn't really such a huge amount of people who are mainstream now. Well, like the, the only real mainstream people are people who are insanely famous. Yeah. Like you know, like the Justin Bieber's and stuff and all yeah, that. Like yeah. whereas now, because there's no sort of record label industry now, really, is that the the way people who are sort of in the middle ground who are well known, established people, but have no sort of outlet they've not know they, they can't they, 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 oh, they've struggled right. to kind of yeah, go somewhere yeah. because it, because the, the because all of the big amount of people who who get a, such a huge audience are in high demand so they'll rotate around all the, the what shows are left you know they'll go on like mm. Harrod Stern they'll go on sure, Larry King course, yeah, Larry yeah, King yeah. P.S. Morgan and all this other and all these other all these other shows but the sort of there's less of that around than ever so so how so what sort of people who are known like if I see a certain person you'll go I've heard of him or yes. heard of her but they've got no sort of credence now in the sort of bigger picture of like media outlets like they can't just promote their stuff anymore so um, so they they do Kickstarter to kind of go because they'll still have a loyal fan base but what's what's great about it now is if you've got a fan of like um, didn't keep I think the most the, the, the example I'm thinking of is like Kate Bush I think I'm she pretty did, sure someone yeah. like Kate Bush in her last album I'm just fair, spent the entire time just kickstarting. I it, think a lot of it. that tour was kickstarted. Yeah, yeah. The idea was like um, yeah, and I think it was she went wherever. Her. Yeah, yes. she went wherever they wanted. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, as well as that, obviously, um, there was also for um, I was going to say for Motley Crue, they did that for their last tour. Uh, they were like, you know, let's basically decide where we want to go and all that kind of Aldi's. stuff. Um, so I, was just, I was just getting rid of that thing, Sorry. and I ended up, I ended up, I ended up turning the video up. So apparently for that. Um, but yeah, so um, but yeah, no. Sorry, Marty Crew. Did you say mm. they um, they had a thing called Demand Crew? Yeah, and you could basically uh, demand where you wanted them to play in the UK on the tour that they're coming here in December. So nice. people emailed in, and they started a blanket network campaign, and about a hundred, two hundred people got together and started this whole online thing. We need to get them to come to Newcastle. Nice. Well, they're not going to Glasgow. They're not going to Dublin. They're not going to Belfast. They're not going to, I don't know, Edinburgh. They're only coming to Newcastle. Nice. It's only Newcastle, Birmingham, and London, I believe, and possibly Manchester. Nice. Mm. That's good. Um, I, yeah, I remember, like, uh, you know, that. I mean, that's one of the things that YouTubers do. I remember Hannah yeah. Hart. Anna Hart, who's like one of the more well-known, you know, YouTubers uh, who does My Drone Kitchen. For those that haven't, don't know who she is, um, and she did a, a Kickstarter. I don't actually, maybe it wasn't on Kingstar, maybe an Indiegogo, but um, but uh, she did the thing where she she wanted to come to the UK, yeah. and she she did a UK tour and basically said, you know, whoever wants to, to like, I'll I'll get a, a certain number of money together, and then anyone who wants 
if it, it, and it, whichever city gets the most votes, mm. I'll go to uh, based on the money, and then I'll just get and then anyone in that city contact me and hire me for a venue, and I'll come yeah. to whatever that is. Um, and um, yeah, that's what she did. She went to like about ten different cities uh, based on the, the, the whoever voted the highest. It's go. yeah, it's it's an um, interesting one. Um, it's made the world a lot like a lot smaller. It has. Yes, I, mean, I mean, Matt Matt Stone from South Park was giving an interview He's recently. Genius. He is, and he He's was he was he was asked basically. He was talking about South Park and the history of the show, and he was saying it's kind of ironic now that South Park. Um, you know, its latest season almost parodies all these things that we take for granted with the modern technology, such yeah. as YouTubers and game commentary yep. and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But someone said to him, do you not think that South Park has run its course if all it's doing is lampooning and all that? And he said, well, that's all South Park ever did to begin with. But he said, besides from that, uh, when you look at something like South Park, if we shut that down, and I suppose the same would apply to The Simpsons or Family Guy or something, and Seth MacFarlane might say the same, or, or James L. Brooks might say the same, if if they shut down South Park, he says, we put all these people out of business and all these potential writers lose the opportunity to get involved in this kind of juggernaut. Good point, if we yeah. dismantle the juggernaut, nothing will ever become as popular as South Park again. I think that's... Uh... Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really good point. Is because if you think about it, I think that's the thing that a lot of people don't take don't take into account that there's yeah. writers behind the scenes yeah. who work on it. I mean, uh, Simpsons has went through you know a, a shit ton of people, of course, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. and also um, and also uh, I'm trying I'm I'm thinking in the the greatest example of that in a, in an American sense would be Saturday Night Live. Oh, you know, yeah, there's been yeah. uh, there's been there's been areas of Saturday Night Live. Which have had huge audiences and some of the most famous people ever. Yes. You know, Steve Martin's, Chevy Chase, of course. Uh, Martin Short, uh, Eddie Murphy, uh, Dan Aykroyd, all these, all these, uh, Bill Murray. Yeah, yeah. You know, all the, all these like people you can, you know, list off and go A list, A list, A list, A list. Yes, of course. Uh, but there's been stages of, you know, I always make this joke now in regards to Saturday Night Live. Can you name someone who's on Saturday Night Live's writing team now? I can't. Um, I mean, the last one I ever remember of being who of any importance was Tina. Like, who's come on? Who's done their own thing outside of it would be Tina Fey. The only, but, uh, the, um, the only that I know of. The only couple of maybe people, I'm not American because uh, I'm not American. Possibly Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, yeah, he did a little bit, but he has his own show now. I, I was going to say Sarah Silverman. Yes, and Keenan from Keenan and Kel. Oh really? Yeah, Keenan. Keenan is on Saturday Night Live at the moment. Wow. That's what he does. Yeah. God. Now we Keenan have Keenan. Yeah. Well, we, well, Kel is just. I don't know what. I actually don't know what he does. Have you seen? I think this was on Jimmy Kimmel, or Jimmy. Uh, yeah, I think it was Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel. Um, or maybe it was, might have been Jimmy Fallon. I always get them two mixed up. They did a Save by the Bell reunion. Yes. Did you see this? Yeah, yeah. Did you yeah, see yeah. it? Yeah. Because they yeah. didn't. Uh, what I find funny is they just didn't include Screech because oh, of, of Screech's porn career. Well, there's, that, there's that. Uh, I think that's that what I he does. He's oh, he's in jail. jail. Oh, he was in jail. Yeah. Uh, didn't he like? Did did he get convicted of killing that guy in the end, or was he? <sighs> no idea. I, I remember. Oh, I didn't, he killed someone, did he? Yeah, I, I believe he that, was that's in trouble. What, yeah, yeah, yeah. Allegedly, any lawyers listening? That's completely untrue. But um, I I thought it was because you know a bit like chi- how China won't be in the WWE Hall of oh. Fame because she did a whole porn career. I don't understand does a whole that porn career. Well, do you know that? Do you know what I heard? I heard this. I heard this through, through the the wrestling for like the because I I 
don't watch wrestling, but as you know, we've yes. discussed wrestling yeah, yeah, yeah. a million times. I still kind of keep keep it keep in touch with it, and so I go on like you know Wrestling Observer. You know the other others are available, but that's the one I go on. Yes. And um, and uh, they 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 mentioned that Sonny is considering a porn career. Tammy Cinch, yeah. who's been in shitloads of trouble. So yeah. it's not really surprising. Yeah. Let's be frank. I mean, I did find out through through some, like it became a, a thing on Twitter. That um, it became trending a bit on Twitter that uh, she does Skype calls for, for oh, money. Oh yeah, yeah, I've heard money. it. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. That, like, yeah. I, I'm sure some a friend of mine told me. Like, have you heard that Sonny's doing it? Well, there's it's somebody ridiculous. put up a list. I think it was What Culture put up a list the other day of like uh, twenty wrestlers who have been involved. That's in it. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, um, obviously, like Lou. Uh, it was um, Watch Lula. Mojo, wasn't it? The people from I, Newcastle probably, probably because yeah. I'm pretty sure I've watched yeah, the same thing yeah. now. Whether they do a twenty thing, um, and it's, yeah, been a, yeah, yeah. it's been a surprise in the moment. Like. Well, I mean, Hulk Hogan's done a porn tape. Yeah, well, you only got fired. Do you hear that story? Yeah, yeah. Uh, with the whole racist thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I love the what, what I find strange about that. I listened to a podcast about this very subject a couple of days ago. Mm. Uh, Dave Meltzer, who you you'll know who yeah, Dave yeah, Meltzer is. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, and uh, and and I listened to him, and he talked about, and also First Take, which is a very serious ESPN sports show, mm. debate show, actually talked about it. That's how much of a deal it made in America. Yeah, yeah. What I find strange about that, you know, it was like it was something we should should debate because it's. Sure. I'm interested to know what you think because the, there's a couple of things about that that I have a problem with. I know, like, like I, have, I say I have a problem. I'm not gonna like lose sleep over it, but I just mean I think there's a little like losing sight of morality like it's like a morality issue really i think or maybe like an ethical thing in that yeah i get that i get that like what he said was terrible and if you listen to the tape he was disparaging towards black people and that's that no one should want no like that's just unacceptable and he deserves everything that comes to him however the point that never really gets brought up with these things with the tmz's of the world and everything like this it was done in a you know it was recorded by someone he didn't know it was he didn't know he was being recorded it was eight years ago. So it's now being thingy that he said this eight years ago and now he's in a business. Now they fire him over something he said eight years ago. Oh, and yeah. part of me goes, you know, I'm not saying I'm a racist be, honest, or I've said anything yeah. as terrible yeah. as that, but you can't tell me what you, you know, if you said I, eight years ago, some, you would have said that everyone said something they don't mean and regret or whatever. And I, I'm not saying yeah, that, yeah. I'm not saying that I've said anything as bad as that, but it, you, you do, you know, you, you've taught, you know, like you tell, you know, for me, say, telling someone to fuck off is not a nice thing, you know. And I'm not, comp- I'm not at any point saying this is extreme as as, co- as you know, calling someone as bad as what he did, yes. the N word, which yeah, is the sure. But I'm just making the valid point. I'm just making a, a a basic point of compare that to if you said something really disparaging eight years ago to someone, and eight years later you get your comeuppance eight years after the fact yes. on a tape that you don't know is being it's, recorded yeah. illegally yes. in a sense. Yeah, uh, I'm just interested to know what you think because well, that's something that was well, debated I, on the podcast. Make, I, I, I will make two points. Uh, on, first of all, in regards to Hogan, what yes. I will say directly about him is is very simple. He is an idiot. Um, that's true. <laughs> but the WWE, I think, wanted an excuse to fire him. I they, think they, well. he outlived his usefulness. WrestleMania 30 came and went. He outlived his usefulness, <laughs> and basically that was that. There was the whole fury about the he, he, he said Superdome. He, he was in the wrong town uh, building yeah, yeah, or something. It was, yeah, it was, uh, that was scripted, I swear. No, oh, yeah, brother, I'm just scripted. thinking of me and Andre the Giant 
brothers. Because like, he said it several times. He's going, why am I being booed? And he clearly had an earpiece or someone on the ring went, it's the Sky Dome or whatever. They, that's, uh, that, uh, was, uh, uh, that was uh, scripted, brother. Yeah, he went, I was just, uh, just had a flashback to Andre the Giant. I'm like, and we're like, no, you, you suddenly realise you were saying the wrong fucking thing. But the other thing I will say, and this is 100% true, and anybody who doesn't believe me can look it up. Yes. There actually was a sketch, a bit, that was written on WWE television where Vince McMahon ah, called Booker T yes, and his wife yes, by the N-word yes, and got away with it. Yes, and not a single person yeah, kicked up a fury yeah, about that. That was exactly Dave Meltzer, <laughs> who, who, for those who don't know who Dave Meltzer is, he's like an encyclopedia of wrestling. Yeah. He, do, he does Wrestling Observer News yes. like that. And he, he's done he's done that in MMA for, for 20-odd yeah. years and is regarded as like the, the, the best reviewer. Sort of like the... Um, what's his name? The the the, the film review guy, Roger Egbert. Egbert. Oh, he's sure, like him yeah. in yeah, terms yeah, of yeah, reviews. Yeah. He's the most well known sure. wrestling reviewer. And he said exactly that point. He said, yeah. "I think people need to understand the hypocritical nature of we're talking about the WWE here, who like." You know, you can talk about the fact that they continue their wrestling show when Owen Hart died, which yeah. is regarded as insensitive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which can be, we can regard that as insensitive. Um, they, you know, people have died. People have have died in wrestling because of drug related things, and they uh-huh. don't really care about it. Um, because that's something that is constantly brought up when any wrestlers leave is that you can the wellness policy is not worth the paper it's printed on. Like no, and, and of course... Two strikes and you're out, and then if yeah. you're on good... Do you know, if you two strikes and you're out, right, and people go, okay, well, you make two mistakes. But what people don't know, if you have a good period of good behaviour, you start from the beginning yes. again. Um, so you can just... Oh, and, and then, of course, there's the problem. Then there's the one problem, and this is this is a big problem I have with the WWE at the moment because I really want to know this, and I, I appeal to anybody from the World Wrestling Entertainment listening to this to understand well, I'll send it point. to them absolutely, Connecticut. absolutely. <laughs> I have Thank to tells. know what is The Undertaker doing back on television can I just I say I, so old I grew up admiring a couple of wrestlers when I was a young man and when I was a young boy Smoke and there was a lot <laughs> of really really admirable wrestlers and one of them was the undertaker was was you know mean mark callus if you like one of them was the undertaker and it just pains me they broke his streak a streak which should never no, have done that no should real, never have done well, that. well a streak that has no real legitimacy because it's not like a super bowl win i mean everything is staged anyway so the fact that they went on about it being the only real thing in wrestling. Do you know? Uh, do you know? Do you, do you know when? Uh, do you know when they decided that as well? Oh yeah, like just before. Three hours and, and before, Brez, and, and Brock Lesnar didn't before. want to do it. Yep. And then of course it's like, well, and do you know the reason why it sucked as well is he got a concussion like about the first few yeah. minutes in, and he just he was fucked the Undertaker like he was just really. Well, my question is, what is the Undertaker doing on television right now? What is his point? And what, uh, is, what is the point of dragging it out I mean, for yet another match? I mean, surely I'll we... reference Jim yeah. Cornette in your answer to that. Okay. Is that uh, I, I'm a huge fan of Jim Cornette. You, you, you yeah. wrestling knowledge yeah, will yeah, know who course. he is from yeah, yeah. Uh, Rock and Roll. Um, was it Midnight Express or Rock and Roll Express? We get there the wrong. Freebirds. No, 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 it wasn't no. no. Jim Cornette was. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry. Uh, was it Rock and Roll? It's Rock and Roll. Um, Jim Cornette, I know best, is just the manager. Yeah, Jim the manager, yeah, Yokozuna, yeah, yeah. and Yokozuna, yes. and yeah. um, and uh, and many, many, many. Vader, I did Vader yes, for a little bit. Do you know, right? It's a little bit of wrestling trivia that I know you'll appreciate, right? Do you remember Mantor, possibly the worst, yeah, of course. the worst of course character I mean, yeah, creation yeah, in yeah, history? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, did you know Jim Cornette managed him? 
no in that way. one thing he was in. Jim Cornette, if you watch the the back the back thing of him being on Raw, Mantor. Mantor actually his debut was on Superstars. They used to have they used uh, to have a great site called WrestleCrap, and it was the worst, <laughs> it was the worst of professional wrestling. And this is true. They released a book which is out of print. You can still get it on Amazon. Yeah. But it's called WrestleCrap, The Worst of Professional Wrestling. That sounds fun. And it is an amazing book because it goes into a lot of that. He, like When any, WCW yeah. actually had a Spider-Man wrestler and Gene Simmons from <clears throat> Kiss gave a dump, lo- a dump truck load of money yeah. to WCW to have wrestlers based on Kiss characters in the ring. Ah, uh, I've heard of that. So they and had like the Psycho Circus the maid, stable. The main... What what he has he has a he has a here's a question for you trivia related right because yeah, we on, think of some of the best characters right? Oh, right what was Glenn Jacobs aka Kane's first character oh it was it was it was fake Undertaker uh, no not Undertaker fake Undertaker oh what? no it was no, because he, was he went Undertaker. on to the Isaac was he a fake, fake Diesel do you mean he was fake Diesel but was he fake Undertaker I believe he was as well I believe well, he I was. well the the one, the that, one that they on tried the one that they tried to make him into a legit thing do you remember he was an evil dentist. He was Isaac yeah. Yankum. Is that was his name? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. DDS. He knows more than me. Yeah. It's really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, but yeah. So, and do you know, like he got. Do you know what he was though before he got to WWE as well? I only know no, this through being no, a Jim no. Cornette fan. Do you know Jim Cornette did Smoky Mountain Wrestling? Uh, it was oh, a, yeah, it was a promotion yeah, yeah. in the nineties. He he was the guy who found like Lance Storm, Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho's first uh, American match was in Smoky Mountain nice. uh, in the in the early nineties. He was phenomenal. Chris. Do you? I mean, uh, we'll get on to Chris Jericho because there's a question I want to ask you. Okay. Because um, I actually have a Chris Jericho T-shirt. Uh, I've met uh, Chris Jericho. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, but wasn't he? Wasn't he like? Wasn't he a bit of a knob? He was actually, yeah. uh, which was a real shame. He wouldn't. Did you know there's a clip of him on YouTube punching fans? Uh, like, I'm not but, uh, surprised. But uh, he did. But there aware. were people. I mean, in fairness to him, there were people who literally ran at him. So he he was like scared of it because he had bodyguards yeah. and then a whole bunch of crowds so he was getting into his jeep. Oh right! Just okay. ran at him, so he just started decking them. And I was just kind of thinking, well, uh, I got punched I by know. the chosen one. I know, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but we'll get on to him. Yeah, but, sure. Um, but yeah, so um, uh, but Glenn Jacobs was found by Jim Cornette. Oh wow! And he was called the Unabomber. I had no idea. Yeah, it was called the Unabomber, and he fought. And he actually, his first match with the Undertaker was nineteen ninety three Smoky Mountain Wrestling under Unabomber versus Undertaker. That's why I'm I'm thinking um, that he then was Fake Undertaker because Fake Undertaker maybe. had the match at SummerSlam ninety four. Maybe I'm thinking that. I mean, he's no, certainly tall enough to be. Well, him. what's what's happening? Well, this is true. Um, what's happening? So you were saying about Jim Cornette and the Undertaker because I know SummerSlam is uh, up on the. Oh yeah, so you said about um, you said yes. uh, uh, is, why is, is the Undertaker? On television. No, well, he, he no. In in response to why I think they've 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 essentially screwed everything up with doing what what you yeah. said, because run ruining the streak is he said if Undertaker has a purpose and you're bringing him back for WrestleMania, the whole reason you're bringing him back is as as Jim Cornette's I'm paraphrasing because I agree with his stance. Yeah, sure. Is you could have the Undertaker in the rafters just appearing for 30 seconds and he'd get the biggest pop of the night because he is Wrestlemania like as in yeah, his streak yeah, is yeah. is phenomenal and you could have him wrestling a, a squash match that, that used to exist in the 90s where you just beat up a bunch of people and then leave and people would be happy to see him the problem with that is they've ruined it by ruining his streak because yeah. he deserved he deserved to have the the the, the streak forever because he that's I would he was imagine, one of the greatest creations I would, ever. I would imagine that name the, a gimmick that's better. 
I can't. Yeah, uh, that's been more, or, or even if uh, not this, or maybe actually, maybe you might, <laughs> yeah, you may be able to come up, you may be able to argue what's better, but but let's change it to name a gimmick that's been more successful. There isn't any. There's been no. nothing that's been no, more successful. No, there's no gimmick that's been um, more successful. Um, and they've ruined it by doing that because, yeah, you, you, you're right in that Brock got no no benefit from doing that no. when he beat him originally now he has because they've made him up as this tough guy who can't be beaten but what you've got to remember is what they fucked up in that because that was such a quick decision brock if you go back in his history because wrestling's all about it making sense yeah we can yeah. argue whether it's fake or not which it is sure. but it's not fake in terms of how they get hurt which is another argument entirely yeah, yeah. but i'm just making the point of it has to make sense it, it like you, you kind of look at brock and go because you know when they go oh brock's if it was a real fight, Brock would destroy Undertaker in yes. a real fight. And I'm like, but it isn't a real fight. It's a, it's a wrestling match. And if you go purely on what Brock did before it got to that point, mm. Brock lost twice before then. He yeah. lost to the Triple H and he lost to Cena before that. So yeah. he was on a two-match losing streak. And then he goes to WrestleMania and upsets the odds by beating Undertaker in a streak that's lasted... 20 odd years yeah. and yeah. You, you're watching that and going that does not make any sense so Jim Cornette's point was like because as you know I'm a huge Sting fan I have a Sting I have a Sting sure, tattoo sure. and and everyone wants that to be it to be him versus Undertaker mm. but as Jim Cornette made a point in his podcast recently he was like what's the finish yeah Who, who's going to benefit from losing it would have made like because could, is, would Sting be happen losing twice in a row if that happens in the next WrestleMania? Yeah. Because the next yeah. WrestleMania, if you don't know, or you probably do know this, is at the Texas Stadium, 90,000 Texas Stadium. Yeah. I think it's the Tech Cowboy Stadium. Mm. So they want the the, the, re, the oh, do you know what the, the rumor mill is? Is that uh, Austin wants to fight? I'm uh, not surprised because it's Austin, his hometown. Well, Austin is on the front cover of uh, uh, 2K15. 15, yeah. yeah. Do you know as well in uh, CM Punk's settlement? I know this is a little bit wrestling heavy, but we'll move on in a bit in Sorry. a second. But. Um, uh, but do you know that? Uh, but do you know that? Um, uh, uh, CM Punk when he left and he did a lawsuit. And if you listen to Cole Cabana's podcast, he did where he explained why he left because he got an, he got he was just really he was he was broken down physically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he was getting he was he said he was dry heaving after every uh, after every match in the European <laughs> tour because he just was concussed and, yeah. and was ill and he had a he had a staph infection and he nearly died and they refused to treat him because they were just wanted him to keep wrestling. And then he got a concussion during Royal Rumble, which you may have watched because I know you might have watched yeah, the Royal Rumble. Yeah, sure. Do you know when he spent like twenty minutes on the ground and didn't do anything? Is because he was he suffered a massive concussion and that early was legitimate, on, though. and it was legitimate. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and he the next day he just went in and they said you're wrestling tonight, and he went I'm I'm not can't wrestle, and they were they wouldn't, and he just went in and went you know what screw this job and said. Uh, and he turned to Triple H and says, "I resent you. I don't like you. It's obvious. It's obvious we don't like each other." And they wanted him to wrestle Triple H uh, last WrestleMania, and he just went, "All due respect, uh, he wants. He needs to wrestle me because he's not even. He's not. He's not. He's not uh, fit yeah. enough to to, to to He's not fit enough to to lace my boots. Basically, is how he phrased it. Well, he didn't phrase it that way. I'm being generous in what he actually no, said. No, sure. But um, he brought up the reason I'm bringing this up is you mentioned the video game. Yes. Do you know he quit before the video game came out, and they still had to pay him his his thing, and because nice. they couldn't they couldn't change it. So nice. part of his settlement, he got a huge sum of money from from Two K Sports. Well deserved, for, because a lot of people will still want to play a CM Punk. Yeah. They won't care. I still, you know, I still enjoy well, playing as a lot of the legendary. I listened characters. to, I listened uh, actually last night, which is funny. We were talking about this last night. I listened to a review by uh, Brian Alvarez, who's another uh, wrestler, a good, good wrestling reviewer. 
Um, he has a really good podcast on this, and I listened to it last night of his review of the Royal Rumble. But when CM Punk walked out yeah. the next day, and the Roy walked out, and he talked about that and said, "I do not." And he just had this ten-minute rant where he goes, "Tell me why Cena is a bigger star than 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 CM Punk." And the silence. He's got a couple of other co-hosts, and they go, "I don't know. I don't I like." And he's just like, and he went, "Well, I can tell you really like when he went. Well, who's who is who's got a better promo, CM Punk." Who's a better worker? CM Punk. Who who connects with the fans more? CM Punk. Uh, who has the bigger muscles? Cena. Who cares more about muscles than 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 all the other stuff that I've just mentioned? Vince McMahon. And he says that's literally the only reason why Cena is is higher up. And well, I would have added to that as well that Cena has more of a universal appeal to children and whatnot because he's more clean cut than he's not. Than, I would than argue Punk that is, Cena, looking at Cena, is like looking in a mirror at Hogan thirty years ago. Hmm? I would argue that he's not a good wrestler. He's not technically gifted. He's a man with muscles. He appeals to the masses. You see and that? They need an average. You know, essentially, and and to take it back to the racism thing, yeah, yeah, they need an average, clean cut white who's guy never gonna fuck with the a si- yeah, you know, yeah, and you're right, yeah, yeah who's never gonna yeah. screw with the system, yeah. who's gonna be like, I love the kids who does all the, but you see, him punk made a great point in his podcast, right? What because of the heel babyface system yes. that they still kind of have, even though they don't hmm. do that, is he mentioned this really, really valid point of. Uh, I did as many make-a-wishes as Cena does, but though they don't advertise that because if CM Punk's a heel, they don't want to mention, oh, well, but behind the scenes, he actually cares about the yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, but he makes a really valid point of, you know, if you, you should be mentioning that to sponsors and various other things. And well, well, if you look at... Paying the same yeah. amount of money, at least, behind the scenes, you know, you may want to promote that, but surely if money's a problem, if you're doing... If me and you work in the same company and do exactly the same job and we work exactly as hard and you find out I'm making two times as much as you, you're going to be pissed off. Hmm. You know, cause you're, and, sure, and if you sure. make the argument of if you're CM Punk and I'm Cena and majority of people think you do a better job than I do and I make maybe three, four times as much as you, you're going to be pissed off. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, so I, I can't see when people criticise CM Punk for leaving because what, what he got have... you know out of all the people I'll just before you make yeah, this comment yeah. no, I'll just no, make no, a really sorry. brief thing of yeah. Wrestlemania when he fought Undertaker right guess who made the least money out of all the major people in all the in all the Wrestlemanias I'm sure you're going to tell me CM Punk yeah because who would have made more, who would have made the most money in that in that Wrestlemania so it was Brock it was uh, who was it it was Undertaker Punk Brock uh, Brock Rock no was it Cena Rock wasn't it the, yeah. the, the rematch Cena yeah. Rock um, uh, what was it uh, and then it was was Brock no Brock, was Brock on that card I don't think he was and I'm sure we could we could, we could, we could if I could said, be bothered I could put up the internet thing I can't remember I can't remember but but it would have been Undertaker oh, trip, no it was a Triple H who fought Undertaker and Brock fought I can't remember but it was it, it's just because I've seen all the Wrestlemania's since I've been for a long time whatever it was like the point I'm making it would have been Brock Triple H Undertaker um, and uh, so all these other people made uh, made a ton of money and Punk made hardly anything because oh, yeah. uh, and, yeah. and he said that he said he, uh, and, and everyone knew like Mel- Meltzer said afterwards uh, who, who who finds out the leaks le- le- gets, give, gets given like you know yes. sheets about this yeah. Punk made he made a good amount of money. I mean, that's the problem. People go, you make a great amount of money, you're complaining. But it's it's the same criteria as any job. 
oh, if you're yeah, doing yeah, the same sure. thing and doing better than someone and you're not getting enough doesn't matter if it's six figures seven figures whatever it is if someone is doing the same thing as you and getting more money and you don't think they deserve it you're going to be pissed off regardless of the amount well of this money. is this is true um, this but anyway is that's true. all the money I mean, no I no but, I don't know what but you're, you're right i mean what i was going to say actually was that the ironic thing is many people go on about the the fakeness and the theatricality of of you know wrestling and they go on about the the sort of oh i wouldn't watch wrestling that's not a real sport wrestling's fake but then actually the fakest thing about wrestling is the real world the fakest thing about wrestling is the world the wwe wants us to see i know and and you're well aware of a wrestling store in newcastle and they sell figures and all that and i was having a chat with one of the gentlemen where is that where is it's it's in old eldon square Square. Yeah, it's, it's is that where the I mean hippie square the hippie yes, square area? Yeah, uh, where whereabouts is it near the Japanese restaurant? Just in the corner on the right hand side. Yeah, Japanese, opposite, opposite, that. opposite that. Okay. Yeah, um, and yeah, we should get them on there. We should get yeah, them on the podcast. Totally. But but they were anyway. They were talking about this. I was having a chat with the owner, and I said to them, uh, so so I said, what kind of uh, you know what, what what would be what would you consider would be maybe the most um, sought after figure or or character. And they said, you know, you'd be surprised. And I said, well, go on. And they said, we are consistently asked about Benoit. We are consistently asked to try and get Chris Benoit figures in. that's very interesting. Because a lot of people really want Benoit figures. And they do not see the person to the crime. They see it as a character like someone would play on a TV show. Mm. And they they still, you know, there is a lot of mothers, for example, who will come in and go, my son is a massive wrestling fan, watches it every week, but his favorite wrestler is Chris well, Benoit. Uh, you know, yeah, I know it's obviously like a touchy thing. And, I, and it's funny because, I, again, listening to, I was just watching, listening to a lot of wrestling podcasts last night. Um, which shows you that I'm still sort of a, a fan in, in in the sense of no, you're all the ones. Yeah, you're I'm a, a fan, fan. Um, but not not <laughs> of the not of the the, the product like the product no, it is sure. now. It's yes. shit. Yeah, it's something yeah. terrible. But um, but anyway, so but uh, but I am a fan in general of wrestling. I do think it's underappreciated. Um, and it's funny they brought up uh, they were talking about old WrestleManias. And do you yes. remember when Benoit won and he uh, and he beat um, Big Show? Yeah. With a guillotine, yeah, and he yeah. knocked. He did a guillotine. Did a guillotine move and knocked. Uh, and knocked. It was a really good finish, actually. And Benoit won. Uh, won that uh, Royal Rumble, and they mentioned it. And the other host went, "Are we okay bringing up Benoit?" And then the other guy went, "You know, yeah." And he went, "He went, of course we are." Because like, and similar thing to you said that you know the the crime doesn't fit the person. So what was funny about that? If you watch, there's an episode of Larry King, right? When Larry King was still on CNN, and they had Jericho, Cena, and a bunch of other people, and said the last per- all of them said. Like and they got they had Bret Hart on uh, via satellite and a bunch of other people. There's loads of wrestlers, uh, Ted DiBiase, a bunch of other people, and they all went. The last person in the world, in the locker room, you would expect yes. to do that would be him. Yeah. Uh, and and if you read his diaries, like there was that his his father had this when they did an investigating thing yeah, for a yeah, program. He's yeah. that his father looked at the diaries and he incoherent babble for the last week beforehand and it sounded like to me you know and they had the whole thing of that maybe he had alzheimer's because that his yes. brain his brain afterwards yes. he said he had a, a brain of like a and they don't the, 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 the WWE dismissed the evidence and said of it was course. bollocks but yeah i mean it could be true it could be true i mean um 
Uh, the thing is, when you have a concussion, you do babble incoherently. So if he's yes. had consistent c- concussion and there's permanent damage there, that he could have cha- literally cha- his brain could have changed because of the damage it had. Yeah, of course. But the point I'm making is that he went on the WWE Network. As a segue to this, you can't type in Benoit, but you can. He isn't. Originally, they were gonna just erase him from history and just like take rid of all these matches. Yes. But WWE have this thing of. A bit like uh, where if you watch a pay-per-view, for example, it'll have a menu bar of this match, this match, this match, this match here. And you can click on it and it'll just, it'll click straight to the match. So if there's a match you don't want to see in the whole pay-per-view, you can just skip it and go to the next one. Bet all of Benoit's are cut out. So you can't, you can't click on it. So they're all hidden in there. But if you watch the whole pay-per-view, they're still in there. See, I was kind of curious um, as to whether they did that or whether when you watch the network, it was just this blurred figure. Well, do you know, like, uh, on else. when they before they did the network and they did, like, 24-7 or whatever that net, the, yeah, the, the, the they, thing they, they had, they would cut, they would they would beep out Ben. Well, they name. did the same to his wife as uh, well, because she, yeah, she had a minor uh, career in WCW. Uh, WCW was a yes. dancer, was a dancer right. or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, actually, I had uh, heard, or or I had heard that, and again, going back to the theatricality of wrestling... I had been told. It's very interesting um, though when you said that. That's yeah, a yeah. Thing, because it? I had been told that um, how Nancy and Chris met was that they had a storyline in WCW where Nancy was having an affair oh, on her yeah. then husband with Chris. Yes. And that actually happened in yes. real life. And yeah. that's how Nancy and she, Chris Wasn't met. she going out with a wrestler at the yes, time? Yeah, she was. was. It was actually someone really famous. Yeah. I can't remember who I'm it was. I'm trying to remember, but... yeah, but it was some. You're right, yeah. Yeah. It was someone who was when he was and in WCW. And it was a case of art imitating real life, which like happens like, an immense amount of time. Someone like Scott Steiner or somebody like that. Yeah, yeah something somebody, like some, that. Yeah, some, somebody really, not yeah. like top of the range, but someone who everyone knows. And no, someone high profile. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. he was <laughs> Scott Steiner. He was... No, that's that's really really fun. But yeah, I I don't know. Like, uh, it's funny that the Benmore thing. I mean, uh, it, it, it's almost like there'll be people listening to this. They'll be like, "Move on." This is like for those that don't know, he is the wrestler who. Who commit? Who who um who murdered uh, his wife and his child, uh, in a in a in a, and then killed himself after. To be, it. To be honest, um, I think in the same way though. I think it's in it's important. I was going to say as well. I'm actually working with a guy at the moment. Lovely bloke, Chris. Uh, Chris Welch. Lovely bloke. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I must say I I really want to bring you two together because Chris actually not in that way. I was going to say uh, yeah. No, yeah. I don't I, mean, I don't swing that, that this way. This is where I know yeah, yeah, my yeah. homosexuality. Like. This is where this is where I get up and leave. You I know, know, yeah. no, no, this is where I get thrown out of Stephen's house. <laughs> okay. No, I was going to say Chris actually used to wrestle for a wrestling promotion. Oh, right. And he actually did that and he has so many stories. Independent one is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And he like going over to Germany and having so many stories like Foley of sleeping in the car and like wrestling well, people and doing stuff cool. like that. Yeah. Do you know um do you know when uh, you know Drew McIntyre uh, left mm. uh, got released from WWE he started wrestling in English promotions nice and I was like I would have been quite interested well Shane things. Douglas is uh, here in a couple of weeks at Northumbria Uni oh, I've never really I never and, really but I, I would love to <laughs> really. I would love to go and see that show just to see a wrestling show yeah, at Northumbria yeah. Uni mm-hmm. I think that would be a bit of a laugh god I mean as a, as a paraphrase you know with us talking on a podcast yeah. right now is that uh, um, there's so many wrestlers doing podcasts now like uh, Roddy Roddy Piper has a podcast, which he's actually surprisingly good. Because I, I and I say that not because he can, he's one of the best promo guys in the in, in wrestling history, 
But I just thought, you know, I did watch him on an interview once where I just was like, he just he babbles now. Yeah. But I don't know whether he's had some training, but he's really good as a podcast uh, host now. He has a comedian with him as well who kind of, who annoys me because he just interrupts him every every thirty seconds. Like he interrupts the guest and everything just to make a stupid joke. Um, and I I much rather like they should have the guest as the as when you've got a guest on it should be the person the guest should be the main the main focus really um, but, um, and I listened to it because Jim Cornette was the guest and I thought that was really interesting because they were talking about what they would have done with Sting and I was like because that was a bloody disaster Him well the, this is the funny th- I mean I wonder do a lot of them suffer from what's commonly known as Sylvester Stallone syndrome and the reason I say that is um it's I was, an actual thing. Well, no, but I was well. It's 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 kind of like it's kind of taking a dig at Stallone, which I don't really want to do in case he comes. No, back no, I like but, but no. But the thing is, talks. but the thing is, I was watching Escape Plan recently with him and Schwarzenegger. And was that actually any good? It was. It was really worth watching. I actually enjoyed it. I really liked it. Better but, than that sheriff sheriff film he was in, where he's in it for ten minutes or whatever. Well, uh, that's that's uh, Schwarzenegger and Johnny band. Knoxville. Last that's band, mad. Yeah. That's only mad because Johnny Knoxville is in it, and it's a total rip off of another film. Walking Tall, isn't it? That's right. Isn't it Walking, Walking Tall? tall. With, uh, um, yeah, with the Rock. Yeah, with the Rock. Because it's jo- with Johnny and Knoxville. And with Johnny Knoxville is friend yeah. as well. It's which funny. Is like, in fairness, to it's like funny you say that. I did not know that until you said that, and then I looked. I looked at the post and went. That's fucking Walking Tall. Yeah, and it's yeah. Johnny Knoxville who was in the Walking Tall. I've like I just added Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> in it, but the difference is it's like The Rock, forty years older and yes, can't do anything. Yes. Walking Tall, uh, I recommend, and he has a nice little segue because Kevin Sorbo was mentioned in this podcast yes, quite regularly. Yes. Uh, is our little homage to Hercules, ah. the great Kevin Sorbo, <laughs> um, and also he's a My Lord of the Rings character. And he uh, was also he was also uh, the he was also in the bitch. Uh, don't tell the bitch in apartment twenty three. Yes, he was. Because yes. he was like the date of one of the girls at our high well, school reunion. Or well, something, did you know? Was, uh, you may not know this because <laughs> I didn't know this until I just no. read what Kevin Sorbo had done, like on his Wikipedia page. He was in Walking Tall Two. They did a Walking Tall Two. I had direct, no idea. Direct DVD Walking Tall Two. I know. Yeah. If you do, like pointing at the camera. If you do, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna fight. If you do, and you're untaken, I will find you, and I will kill you. I know you. I know you have my daughter. skills. No, but but actually, what I what I will say about um about that is, I was watching Escape Plan. You've reminded me of that joke. That's want to make the quick joke of Taken Three, where it's like where Graham Norton had him on the show and he went, well, so your daughter's been taken again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Liam Mason yeah, yeah, yeah. might as well have just went, yeah, she's been taken again because <laughs> money, 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 money talks. Uh, well, well, the, well, the funny thing is, um, so Stallone is doing an interview about uh, Escape Plan and Stallone's like, so basically there I was working with Schwarzenegger and I'm like, what? He's totally like coherent. And then I went and like, Stallone puts it all on. He puts most of that on. <laughs> and I said, loved it. Uh, so there I was backstage, and I was speaking talking of Saturday to Night Live. Did you see the there's a there's a one on YouTube of uh, of Jim Carrey impression of Sylvester Stallone? No, where he's, it's ridiculously great. It's an early Saturday Night Live wow. sketch when Jim Carrey first started. And he just—he's just—he's literally like, "Oh, you know what you do?" He's like, "I don't know what you're saying." <laughs> and like he's training us, like he's just hitting you, man. He's just hitting you, and uh, it's—it is really, really funny. It's—it's it's like a very famous sketch that Jim Carrey did in Saturday Night Live. But he was like, as you as you know, we've talked about Jim Carrey before many times, is that because he's like the Mask is one of my favorite films ever, and um, he's actually. If I went as far as to say, like, name an act, the, the actor who films I like the most, Jim Carrey would probably be up there. 
I mean, I'm trying to think of a film I didn't like in Phoenix. Bruce Almighty was good. Do you know they slayed the cable guy, but I enjoyed uh, it. The, the, the I time. liked that film. He said that at the time when he got mentioned it on a jo- there's a Jonathan yeah. Moss interview I watched uh, fairly. Uh, and even Ace Ventura Two has its moments. Yeah, but yeah. The yeah. Cable guy, like, oh, the, like one of the only sequels he did up until yes, Tommy that's Two. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Which isn't actually that's I not a seen great. It. It's not a great film. It's it's worth watching for a couple of moments, but like. It's just like, it's almost like, why did they make this? Do you know what I find annoying? Because they could. Do you know what I find annoying about that is, yeah. is they all seem to wait years and go, we just need to get the script right. And then yeah. a, a sequel comes out like 10, 15 years later and go, we finally got the script right. And it's rubbish. It's, it's it makes you think, yeah, it makes you think, what did they, what did they, what did they throw away? Yeah, like when they were making yeah. this, like the film's terrible, but I haven't seen Dumb and Dumber 2. I was never really that fond of Dumb and Dumber, to be no, honest. No, no. I mean, um, it's, it's, it's one of these things that like, I mean, I, I, I saw it once and I went, I'm never watching that. But again. like, great, but like, I'm trying, I'm thinking of Jim Carrey films, like the, the Grinch was great. Um, uh, the Lemony Snicket wasn't it? Um, yes. Serious unfortunate events. Yeah, uh, that was that was fantastic. Which I forget Billy Connolly was in that. Of course, I forget course. that Billy Connolly was in that because I just watched. It's it. a fair point actually because um, he made he made he a made lot some of really good. He films. made a lot of great films. And in fact, he made three of the best films ever in the same the year. Human Show. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I was going to say he made Ace Ventura, mm-hmm. The Mask, and something else in 1994. What was, what was and it was then? like, oh. uh, Cable Guy. No, that Came was 95. That was, well, it was released in 95. Yeah, but I was just to say, he mentioned in that interview that I just watched recently yeah. that he said the reason Cable Guy got a bad press, it's a very good film, and the reason it got a bad press is because it got leaked how much everyone was making making it because like yeah. he got like something ridiculous as like $25 million, <laughs> and that at the time was, yeah. you know, that's 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 good now. Yes. I mean, he yeah, just, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and I think, the and he actually admitted the reason why he didn't want to do it originally because he was sick of doing comedies because that was kind of like he was known for comedy he did that he did the mask and the various few other things and he said like I just don't want too many comedies to come out at the same time was Dumb and Dumber not round about then or was that a it lot was later? Dumb and Dumber it was yeah. Dumb and Dumber Ace Ventura and the mask in the yeah. same in the that same 12 months because I'm trying mask to think stiff. they should do another that's mask that's the film he did that you've probably never seen the majestic oh, I've not the seen majestic that. I've not seen he wakes that, up on a beach with amnesia and he, he's there's an old picture house. Actually, That's the one you should see. He has out. a que- he has a question then yeah. to end, end this train of thought is okay. name. What would you consider? What would you say Jim Carrey's worst film was? I'd probably say number that number thirteen or whatever it was called that that horror you know, film thing that was it's, pretty shit. It's funny. There's a Jim Carrey film that I really don't like, which everybody else universally praised. But you I said Truman Show. I'm in it for you. No, no, I love the Truman <laughs> Show. It's, it's I, come I worship true. it. That's yeah. what's so terrible yeah. about it. It's completely true. The, no, actually, the film that everyone seems to praise Jim Carrey for, which I was never that much of a fan of, oh, was Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Ah, yeah. I was never really yeah, a fan of that. That's film. a bit of a yeah Marmite film. I think. Yeah. 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 I agree with you um, on that. But I think in terms of those actors that you've mentioned, where did they ever make a bad movie, there are two that immediately spring to mind. Uh, the late, great Robin Williams, for me, is oh. just outstanding. But, uh, no, well, I know there well, are what a did couple he did of really terrible... Oh, Robin Williams did a lot of terrible films. Oh, God, Patch Adams. Well, towards no. the end of his career, AI, AI. he was just doing movies to pay AI. for divorce settlements. Yeah, AI, yeah. yeah but yeah. I know that, that, that... I saw Bicentennial Man. I mean, he even makes a joke in a, in his own fucking stand-up yeah, about yeah. the films. Yeah, he said that, yeah. Are but you like, depressed, uh, Robin? Well, I've seen Bicentennial Man. Like, <laughs> The Rock, when he was in the Hall of Fame, where he goes, uh, you know... Uh, apparently he's like when people get tortured they just get people to watch uh, The Marine which is a joke on John Cena <laughs> yeah, 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 and then he yeah. goes don't worry about it John I made Doom 
<laughs> and I thought, what a great, that's a classic what a, film. No, but no. the bit when they do actual first person, <laughs> yeah. like halfway through, it's like in a half decent action film, and then like, Legend. it's just went bloody first person, like you're playing the game. It was so bloody stupid. And then there's that, and then um, the other actor, I would say, who who was made. So you're saying people who did predominantly great people films. who did predominantly great films yeah, for me, Robin probably Williams my favorite actors, Robin Williams, and the other one who I genuinely believe, I honestly believe, is the greatest actor of his generation bar none is Leonardo DiCaprio yeah I, I, I would debate I, though honestly, I, I would debate I would probably debate there's one film that I, I can't stand that he did um, yes but, but uh, The Beach not, no I don't like that I, I don't like that film that. at all I mean um, I've seen like a lot of his early stuff but you're right though the Dead, a lot the of Basketball the... Diaries What's Eaten Gilbert Grape I've seen they're all decent. Early, they're all pretty they're good for beginning decent. people. Of course you know? they are. For, for, yeah, for a beginning yeah, actor, decent. they're pretty good. I mean, he was even in Beaches. I don't know how the hell he managed to do <laughs> that, but there he was. But um, but you, but no. In terms of like the majority of his stuff, yeah. I mean, he's been in pretty much the, some of the best films ever. Yes. Um, and I don't like Titanic either, but that's just a, that's just. I I love Titanic, reference. but not for it being a love story. I love a lot of the undertones in Titanic. I, I think. Uh, and I because I'm 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 a huge this is gonna this is something I've never brought up on the podcast oh. I'm a huge like I'm a huge like sort of anarchy with with shipwrecks like I find nice. shipwrecks really interesting oh. like and sort of about shipbuilding and all that because yes. it doesn't really happen now so you know like I always re- I, I like love reading about like the Lusitania and all the, and yeah, the Brita- yeah. Britannia sure. and the Mauritania and all these other all these other great ships and the the Bismarck there's a great Bismarck documentary if anyone can find it it's on the Discovery it's probably on the Discovery website um, I know it was on Netflix for a bit but they took it down which I was mm. really annoyed about um, is the Bismarck which was the, the, the ship that Hitler built the, the, the most feared warship that that's was, right that yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Um, that was uh, destroyed by the, uh, the 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 navy when it uh, they it got hit and the anchor broke and they only could go one direction and they were heading straight to Great Britain because the the, the thing got jammed and then our uh, Royal Na- and then our navy but it was famous because it destroyed one of our most favorite ships one of our most uh, famous ships the HMS Hood uh, it destroyed our flagship because sh- it was the most feared battleship. Uh, and anyway, so there's a, there's a huge documentary about that which I absolutely adore because I have a list of people Wayne who I would love to interview who's on the yeah. list of like all time like I would be the most happiest person right and on that list is a guy called Robert Ballard who you may everyone knows uh, everyone the only thing maybe people know him for but I know his whole history because I'm an anarch with him he's the guy that discovered the the wrecks of the Titanic oh yes yeah yeah uh, yeah, yeah, yeah and he's a marine you know he's a marine biologist. Yes. Uh, and uh, he's a he's 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 just so interesting because mm. imagine going down like because you know you, you you look at the ocean and go to think to travel on or whatever or think to just like being on top of mm. you fail to realize that like you know the ocean is a graveyard a huge massive graveyard of, of stuff and the amount of ships that have uh, that have been shipwrecked and because mm. another thing as well what 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 we do which I don't like on an environmental sense is we scuttle ships. Which is basically when you deliberately yeah. detonate it and let it sink to the bottom. So there's yeah. huge chunks of, of ships when they get because they're too expensive to dismantle. Yes. Um, that will ju- they'll just uh, explode them and then just put them to the bottom of the ocean, which I'm not a fan of doing. But that's the way that they deal with things. <laughs> but he, but but the the classified job that he did before he did the Titanic was to find the the Scorpion and the Thresher, which was the two nuclear submarines, the only two nuclear submarines that America had lost. And the the, the um, actual navy navy hired him as a classified mission to find them too, 
and then he used what what because ta- he basically followed the the wreck trail yes. to find where they were and then used that uh used that uh ability like ability that he because yeah, yeah. they did sonar problem with sonar is is it just finds heavy objects and reverberates back so the the, yeah. the, the bigger the reverberation the bigger the object but there's big huge giant rocks on the bottom so how can you distinguish a rock between a ship you know it's, that, so that's the problem with sonar so he just followed the wreck trail by having a camera pointed down and then just looked at the wreck and followed it and that's the technique he used to find the titanic and then he's found all of them he's found the lusitania which has been proven that there was ammunition on so the germans had yes every right to really well they didn't have every right because it was a it was a neutral ship but no, they, sure. they'd got they'd got the given a, Ireland, yeah, yes, yeah exactly yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which you can apparently visit yeah you can yeah, yeah it's because yeah. it's uh it's under the international uh international heritage uh, yes. act uh, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is it's a preserved graveyard so mm. you can't go on it but you can go on it but it's bit so it's because it's preserved people know where it is and um, but people have dived on it and have said that there's actual activated mines when it died yeah. when it was thingy that you can't see you can't dive in certain areas there um but they've basically discovered that there was ammunition so although it got america into world war one it was um that's it true. was not. Uh, it true. was they, it, the Germans. Although they were wrong to to fire without proof, yes. it turned out to be right in the long run. Well, what, uh, I, what I would. <laughs> say... But I'm a huge fan of that anyway. So I'm a huge fan. No, it's good. So the reason I bring that up is because the Titanic. Yes. I got annoyed because I think the story is it is the most interesting part about it. The yeah. story. Oh, of course. And there's... James Cameron, who is a huge proprietor and love of the Titanic, has seen the actual shipwreck, with the whole documentary he did discovering mm. it. And going down and looking at the actual wreck, and I think that is a big enough story to not need this stupid love story of yeah, between the two yeah, characters. That yeah. I just got annoyed. no, absolutely. It's 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 kind of it's. I suppose it's Hollywood kind of. But know, I suppose of, maybe I, I I accept the fact that it's got to be an entertaining thing and and, and got to have an, a human element to it. But I think the human yeah. element is is that thousand you know two thousand people died died in the in the thing, but. I'd, I would the point I'm making is I'd much rather watch the documentary of what happened as opposed to a fictional a fictionalized version which is well, what that film was but well I, I'll tell you what I'll say to you I'll tell you what I'll say to you because you've been you, you, you were saying about the Titanic and films and good and bad movies I want to know I want to know what is some of your favorite like terrible films <laughs> I well, really... do you know the most famous one that I think everyone picks is Mega Shark vs. Giant Octopus? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah, just, yeah. That, which sci-fi made, because it's terrible sure. but brilliant. Yes. Um, uh, I don't know, I'd probably, have to, I'd probably have to think about it a little bit, but there is, I'm pretty sure there's such a, there'll be such bad films that I really like. I mean, I, I, I can watch Battlefield Earth knowing that it's terrible <laughs> and just kind of just laugh and go, how did this get made? Yeah. But this was based on the Ron Hubbard... Uh, Scientology That's that fucking John Travolta yeah, yeah, did. Yeah. Uh, if you've ever read the Scientology book, I had a, I had, it's a, it's a little funny little segue. I am um, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses stopped me when I went to the shops and came there and started talking to me, and I basically said, "Oh yeah, Jeho- um, not sorry, not Jehovah's Witnesses. They were Mormons, sorry, and they were Mormons." And I basically said, "Oh yeah, that book that's a complete farce that was done by a thing." So I didn't realize they were Mormons when I said this. And they went, "So what do you think about religion?" And I went, "Well, which what kind of stuff?" And they gave me a list of like religions, and I sat there in on it. I stood there on a street going you mean Mormonism that thing that's a completely fake and a charlatan by a guy who wrote in 18th century like who wrote in like 19th century English 17th century English in the 19th century and he's a known fraudster he was an absolute charlatan and wrote Mormonism Mormonism's like only 200 years old oh yeah and it's yeah, supposed it's... to have died it should have died of death because it's just an absolute hoax and yet there's some idiots who believe that this is an actual well, thing well there's this whole thing about like that they do in South Park 
Yeah. I was praying in the woods, asking exactly. God yeah. if I should be a Catholic or a Protestant, and He appeared to me and said, "And also, and when what you know what it is that, that like you know they were up. against black people. <laughs> they were against and 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 they just they just what what's great about Mormons and they just add bits to it. So they'll go, "Oh, we're okay with black people now because everyone seems to say that black people's okay. And so how? now they accept black people." <laughs> Uh, at least with other religions they go no we don't like black people at least they stick with it they, yeah, they stick yeah, with yeah. their fundamental beliefs even as wrong as they are but with Mormonism it's just like let's just alternate it so then and also like you know with the whole thing of wives that they just suddenly decided you can have more than one yeah. wife and it's just like it's it's a charlatan so I told them all that and it led to it led to, to various other religions that are basically slamming and I said that I've read the Scientology book and the whole idea of the planet, uh, the planet, Ko- planet Kolov. Do you know the story about Scientology? Oh yeah, yeah. I saw planet those... Kolov, basically. Oh, yeah, the, the the documentary a few weeks the guy ago. Guys shouted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on American television. Yeah. That caused a massive fury. Was it the yeah. BBC guy who was like, yeah. "You were not here at that interview." The guy who shouts yeah. and it's like. Paul made a joke on uh, on uh, Have I Got News to You. He said, "What you don't realise is there was a there was a clean bit of glass in front of them, so you couldn't hear him properly." <laughs> so the two guys just shouting literally, literally all distance apart, and he was going, "You were not there!" Like proper screaming at him. And so Paul Merton made a joke of there was transparent glass in front. He didn't say, so he had every had a shout. He couldn't hear him. Uh, but yeah, uh, if that's the same documentary we're thinking of, I saw that very same one. Yeah. Where he's being hounded by. That's right. There's people following him in America. Well, well yeah, this was like awful. this was he goes to he goes to make a documentary about Scientology and the Church of Scientology and he talks to a lot of people who have been members of the church for years and are now ex-members and one of them said that when they obtained they they were Scientologists for about 35 years and they obtained this certain grade and the grade allowed them to be given information as to the real Scientology reason and so they were given this booklet and they were told humans were frozen taken from another planet and dropped into volcanoes and born to replenish and restart the human race and at that point he just went i'd been a member of this church for 28 years i believed everything they told me because i believed in the good work i was doing but when they said that i thought it was a test that if i believed them they'd think i was insane so that the test was to say, no, I, Jesus, I don't believe that. You'd have to be mad to believe that. This, this, this is the, this is the thing that I find a problem with a belief because a belief should be that you, a belief, a belief should have an element of doubt. Hmm. Uh, this is something that Howard, uh, that um, Cornell West, who I'm a huge fan of, um, he is a, a, a Christian, but he's read all the the, the varying different different yeah, different yeah, yeah. Um, differences between the two. And he he like like David Hume is a great example. He's a really good um, American, a uh, uh, Scottish, um, you know, anti-religious guy who who debates, and he's a, the most probably the most famous one in terms of particularly Christianity against Christianity. Yes. And he's read, Dr. Cornell West read his book and said he makes a lot of very valid points. I still believe in Christianity because it's not to question my faith. I have no issue with him saying that because he's examined the evidence. The problem I have with the problem I have with um, a lot of the the the, um, the the like when I spoke to them guys who were Mormons was I I, I made what I regarded as very valid points mm. and they just um, they just um, they I just went do you not think that's 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 not a great thing and they go oh well you know people can say whatever they want I still believe in it because I because I and I went why do you believe it and he was just like they always just turn around and say because I do. I don't think it's a good enough reason. I, I just can't see that as a good enough reason. 
like just to say yeah that's a good enough for because the, I think the great thing about having an individual morality, if you don't have something to believe in like that, which tells you what your morals are, like they have a monopoly on morality. Mm-hmm. The great thing about when you're not religious and you have your own morality is your morality consistently changes based on your experiences of figuring out of figuring out what is the best way of handling something, and you you create your own moral high ground based on that. So, and I, the the great thing about that is is that that progresses because we all start not really know what morality is and not really deep not really dealing with things appropriately or in the right way so you learn to get better at that as you get older you know because you make mistakes by being honest and truthful and go i think this and then someone turns around and goes well actually no that's not really how you should behave so you learn from that the problem with like religion is that it's just it's an automatic excuse to go i was really horrible to someone but i don't care because i've got my faith yeah you know and 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 um uh, you know, like God, God will be the one that forgives me in the in the long run, and it's like, but you were, but it it it, it it's 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 a very I, I I think they're the ones that are dangerous, the ones that I don't mind them having it as an individual belief, mm. but when they use it as a framework to how they treat people, like uh, uh in a in a disparaging way and all that kind of thing, it really really worries me. Like and I, and that they're the people that and also when like you get Mormons who turn up with suits you know they're, they're getting paid for suits yeah, and stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that and basically like knocking on people's doors and like sort of in a way sort of forcibly converting them in a way or, like not forcibly because they're not like you know you've got a choice in the matter but like I was talking to them and then they were like sort of literally like crowbarring in at a card and going you should check out our site and become a Mormon even though I spent the entire 30 minutes talking to them bashing them it's almost like they want me to join a group like yeah. a committee of people um, so yeah, I just find it, it's it's a fascinating subject, which is why religion. Although I'm not religious, I, don't, I can't speak for you, but um, but it comes up in the podcast because I'm not afraid to talk about it because I, I do think if you have that as an individual faith behind the scenes and it's it's your part of your life, then great if that helps you, great. Mm. But um, but um, it doesn't mean I, I think it being debated should be good because it should. If someone debates with you and goes, "I want to debate you about your religion," it should. If if you do believe in it, it should reinforce your your faith by someone saying, "Well, I don't think of it because of this." And then if you explain why, it should reinforce your faith, not destroy mm-hmm. it. Um, just by just by someone asking questions, but okay. but it's it's really interesting. But um, so yeah, in terms of uh, we should mention as well uh, because we should. I don't know how long we've been going. Probably about an hour at least. Yeah. Um, but so we should probably wrap this up in a bit. But but um. So I want to mention as well. So, like, uh, you're a part of top, part of Twitch yes. with us now. Yeah, uh, totally. So you're doing Thursday nights. Uh, is your plan on doing the Telltales? Telltales um, probably all the time? to do a bit of the Telltale series. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed I, the one. I, the, yeah, I enjoyed last week. I mean, week's the, the one, Walking yeah. Dead is the one that I'm going through at the mm, moment. Yeah, yeah. But they have some great other stuff. The Wolf of Us, I, the Wolf Among Us, I yeah. actually haven't played yet. So okay. that'll probably be my next port cool. of call. Nice. Uh, Game of Thrones, I have. played extensively and they're on their sixth episode so it might be that if I restart Game of Thrones when all six episodes are out it might be that maybe you know or you know it might be just one random thing of maybe putting on Game of Thrones but I think The Walking Dead at the moment and then just see where we go yeah possibly possibly back to the future or something if we want to go back to some of the older telltale stuff but I think some of them are if I get a capture uh, I was gonna say if I got a capture card and we could potentially try and uh, we should we should I should get you to come round and just try and get the Star Trek ones to work or yeah, the 90s totally. ones oh you mean That'd like Star Trek Borg yeah, yeah the Borg and the Klingon yes. Klingon and uh, there was there was, uh, there was several like they were really oh, totally. popular totally. there's probably some like I, I mentioned the Star Trek ones there's probably more like who were made for other 
the, a lot uh, of point made, and click yeah, stuff point, and all because that. it was yeah, ju- yeah, it was yeah. sort of if you remember like there were point and click games in the arcade era when you went yes. to the arcade machines yes. and that was like you would it's sort of like um, even the shoot 'em ups would do like do you want to go left do you want to go right yeah uh, so it's a similar premise but then when PC PCs became PCs in the mid to late nineties. Um, they they transferred them, and that's why they did the Star it's Trek all, ones. It's all it's amazing, really. The Star Trek Borg ones are really good. Well, when you it is, and it's amazing when you think of video games. You constantly think that the whether the audience wants it or whether that's what developers perceive that the audience wants. From the moment the video games were created, there was always the pursuit of as much realism as possible. So back when we had suddenly this ability to have full motion video in games. You wanted something where you essentially point and clicked to interact with a real person. Yeah. And now that almost seems obsolete because you can create the room and us sitting here. In, In many respects, a developer could create this whole situation around us and create us sitting here talking through a computerized imagery yeah yeah exactly. whereas yeah. you know whereas years ago it was well the only way to have realism is to see the real video you're quite right i mean you can say that in you can say that in 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 a, in a predominantly a lot of different fields as yeah. well like i we i was saying this about because I, I i don't know what you think about this but i i think um i think there's a kind of um a kind of sort of this attitude of especially with the internet because this is the kind of the way it is is that everyone gets everyone everyone deserves a trophy everyone deserves oh, yeah. a thing you know because everyone everyone deserves a shot you know it's like i said this about in regards to mentally sound for example mm. that like you know me and you have got experience in doing this we've done it for such a long time that that hence why if you're watching this on on youtube or listening to this on the podcast we have a very easy flow and attitude towards talking to each other because sure, it sure. helps that you know each other that's a that's a big plus but you'll see in any of the guests that we do, and when Wayne, do, you know, if, if if we have a, a third guest and Wayne's part of it, for example, especially with the stuff we've done on Y Radio, mm, it, sure. it has a really good free flow attitude because we know the ins and outs of how to how to communicate with each other, um, and 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 that's kind of like the 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 the, the, re, uh, the problem is is that you know everyone can do a podcast now, so yeah. everyone everyone thinks they know that ability. They go, well, I can talk to a friend. Not realizing that the skill comes with a person you well, don't funny, know and trying yeah. to get stuff out yeah. of them, uh, and that comes through learning and and I and I and I, I'll speak for you in saying and I mean this sincerely is that you do have a genuine natural ability to do that and it comes across you know because you have a very engaging personality like mm. whenever me and him whenever me and Wayne hang out, um. It's not. I don't find it difficult to talk to you because no, there's a sure, lot to talk sure. about. No, you know, I have certain friends where I know that I'm. I have to initiate the conversation yeah. and I, and and all that. Yeah, exactly. Easy. So no, it raises. Yeah, yeah no, no, yeah. But but they, they have their. You know, it's good. Their friends. Of their course, friends have yeah, their uses. Yeah, absolutely. Because. But what's great is, especially if you've known them a longer time, is even the quiet ones. You can kind of just the silences don't mean yes, as much as they do yes. when you first met, get to know someone. But the point I'm making is that could you know. That shows you you have a natural ability to do it, and then you've honed it through the all the training you've done and course, all the other stuff. Sure, it's the sure. same with for yeah, me. Yeah. Um, the problem I have is with the fact that technology makes it so easy to do now is that everyone does a podcast and everyone thinks they're good at it, and everyone thinks they don't work hard on it. Oh, it's it's exa- it's exactly um, like the old saying of in the digital age, everyone now believes they're a journalist. Yes, which is not. <laughs> yeah, I know we've every, had that discussion. Every, yeah, everyone we've believes had that they're discussion. Journalists. 
we've oh, had I have that a blog. I can write yeah. about whatever I well, want. Well, they but the, well, and they and and also that I think the issue is is they think that there's no rules. There's no rules. Yeah. So yeah. they don't go. Oh, well, I'll just write whatever I want and not realizing that like certain things don't work with certain things, and that's what you learn through mm. through through doing it a long time. Um, and it's the same with Twitch. You know, I, yes. I, the, the 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 issue with Twitch with it becoming popular and because it's part of next gen consoles now, is just like you said. You made such a great point about like in the 90s with like green screen or or any sort of special effects you couldn't go to the person you know if we wanted to do special effects let's say if they're looking forward to failure if that happens i know several people who do that as a hobby Mm. so i would go to them and hire them as a hobby and go would you do this for for me now if i did that in the 90s that would be i would have to spend thousands of pounds just to get special effects whereas it's so freely available now you can basically uh, for for the terminology that you use in media for scale, you can get people to do it for scale amount of money yeah. because yeah. they don't do it as the main money now because there's not enough because there's so many people that do it. There's so many people in the field now. Um, that's an advantage because special effects is more widely accessible. But the problem is, is that if you want to do it as a full time thing, then it's it's let it, the the, mm. the the fields got smaller. In relation to Twitch, what I find dare I say a little annoying is you get people coming into you know as as we do we get people coming into the, the the stream and they go oh cool like you know i like your stream or whatever it is and then 30 seconds later they go oh i'm leaving because i'm just going to stream myself <laughs> there's so many people that stream and i just make a really simple point of i just ask the question that i ask myself why do we stream because me and wayne i, I can speak for everyone else who part of the streaming network for us we are all fans of games. Now, mm-hmm. I play games off stream. I know you do. I yeah. don't even need to ask you that. Now, we do it for the love of games. We do, yeah. we, you know, we, yeah. we, we would, we would, I would be playing, like, to, to put into perspective, I would be playing games if I didn't have the stream anyway. Yeah, I, sure. And I have been playing yeah. games all my life. So it's not that I don't love games because I do. So why do you stream? I, we stream because it's part of my company it's a good avenue for people to know what we do if we do it every day you know people who have found, people have found the podcast through the twitch people have from the podcast have come to the twitch etc and it gets people to our website which leads to the other stuff that we do so you know there's it it's it's had a it's had an effect in that sense and it's something i can do every day as opposed to the podcast which is yes. once a week etc so it's a it's it's having geek apocalypse available every day of the week so that's that kind of the thing. So I'm we're brutally honest with the fact that that's what it is. We we are really honest with the fact that that's why the Twitch exists. But then, you, so I ask the question to people who who stream every now and again, why are you doing it? And they go, well, we're just doing it for the fun of it. And I'm like, I don't know about you, but I'm just like, I love the fact that I interact with people while I'm doing the game. Yes. That's the big plus to me. The big oh, plus yeah. is the chat yes. aspect of yeah. you know, people watching. But if you're not wanting to do that consistently, doing it as a one-off or every now and again, like once a month or whatever, has no purpose in my eyes. No, it's... Because yeah, you're never going to get an audience. The only way you get an audience is doing it consistently. So if you're not going to get an audience by doing it once a month or once every couple of weeks, that's never going to get you an audience. No, absolutely. It's the same. So why do it? Again, it's like YouTube. You don't get anywhere unless people are subscribing constantly. Yeah, and you need to upload every day, yeah, which is what what we're doing now. We're uploading every day. And this is why, Um, you know, this is you obviously need to do this. And this is why this is a full-time job. Yeah. As opposed to someone who goes, hey, I'm going to write a blog and I'm going to go and stream my game. Well, it's like having the fact that I've been given this 
this this luck of having a year of doing this has made me realize like how the no wonder i couldn't maintain it all by putting up all the youtube because there's only so there's only so much one person can do of course which is the reason why um I, i'm i'm looking into in incorporating more people to be part of it yeah. you know um you, you know just help even just help with something like booking the shows yeah, and getting absolutely. And, and, and organizing the podcast or whatever, because with me having the Twitch schedule and everything else, it's just it's difficult to maintain. And then uploading the YouTubes, which you know, if, if you're uploading them in HD quality, they're like you know two gigabyte. You know, it can be upwards of like two gigabyte videos if you want to put them in the best quality on YouTube, like on HD. And even with a fast connection, that can take a couple of hours of video. So mm. you know, you, you're you're limited to only putting on about two videos a day yeah um and when am i going to get time to do that because if you edit them in 45 minute chunks that's another half an hour of video of editing uh, and that's another thing about podcasting as well people don't realize the editing that goes behind it i mean does it annoy you whenever you hear people go i use audacity and then they go oh just like burn it from audacity without doing anything not realizing like there's editing's a skill no no of course you know we're talking no, about editing yeah, as a skill because yeah, i know no. you do that a lot so. no i mean to to a certain extent it does i i think people though they they do so they're being sincere I yeah think the i think it's, it's nice it's nice that people know what the world is about it's nice that they know how to use things but i think like everything as you say about twitch there is a point there has to be a point to everything if you're just going on and sticking stuff up just for the for the sake of it it, there's no you know where you're just going and streaming a game just for the sake of it then well it's like you you it's like you're a good example of that because you're only mm -hmm. doing one once a week with us but you yes. know that we're we all we're consistently streaming yes. so you're going to get an adverse effect of that so if you only want to consistently do that once a week you if we become a twitch partnership mm. you would be paid for that one day a week and you would be able to do that you know sure. so that would be a huge Me, so there's an ex yeah. example of yeah. You're enjoying a game. You get to pick a game, and you yes. get to do it for do it as a job. Well, the thing um, is, if whereas I, if you did that on your own, what chances are you doing it once well, a week and getting thing, an audience? Well, that's the thing. The thing is, that? if I stream with you guys, then I am part of a greater sort of thing that thing, has yeah. a lot more of an impact. If I do it on my own, sure, what's the point? But you know, you know what? I got asked that on the the podcast before this. Mm. What do you think about that? And I said, he has the ultimate question because I've asked other people to be part of the streaming network, and they go, "I'd much rather do it on my own." And I go, "And you know the reason why is because one of the best decisions I made was making Geekapocalypse a brand. Everyone knows it's my thing, but it's a brand. Mm. It's because if you put Geekapocalypse up, it's like your Geekapocalypse, I'm Geekapocalypse, Kieran's Geekapocalypse. Everyone who's part of it is Geekapocalypse. Everyone knows I'm running it and I run yes. the Twitter and everything else. But it's a brand. When you put Geekapocalypse up, it's not just me. It's it's a bunch of people. Like yes. It's a bunch of people who contributed at any one time. And that is a brand, and that's what you make a business, a brand. The problem is people promote themselves as individuals. And, then, yeah, and, and, yeah. and that is... That is how as we've talked about this plenty of times but like how many justin bieber's are there in the world justin yeah. bieber was an individual who put a song up and then it became a, a sensation but that is literally a one in a hundred million chance of happening yeah and but and to put into perspective though how many people are probably streaming on twitch at any one time probably hundreds of thousands mm -hmm. of people and they all think they're going to become twitch partnerships and all think they're going to be successful and I'm just saying about the statistical odds of every individual becoming that is now and impossible. Yet we all have this, we all have this idea that we're all going to be, we're all going to be successful, which is just statistically unlikely. And out of all the amount of people, whereas if you have a bunch of streamers and you stream every day like we do, that's much more likely to happen. Granted, it's going to take a longer period of time, yes. maybe, 
but it but it's it's it but the but the point I'm making is that to become an individual streamer to get an individual audience is now an impossible it's really hard to do and you have to be very very lucky the odds have do. to be stacked in your favor oh it's like it's it's like something like tenacious d for example a lot of people think that tenacious d is jesus and jack black such a talented individual Wasn't well that dave Grohl, though? And, it well it was that that's the point it was dave Grohl. it was jack black it was kyle gas but they got together with a team of writers with producers they scripted everything yeah, yeah. they didn't just pluck these songs out of their head they were written in such a way that it had a plan and a purpose. It was a release schedule. There was an album. There was Ben Stiller doing a cameo in the video. It was done in such a way that it was... And uh, Dave uh, Grohl is a devil, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, Limp Bizkit is another great example. Yeah, Fred yeah. Durst working as an A&R man for Geffen and goes, these guys are making hundreds, looking at Corn. Corn are making hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars. I had an argument with I someone about that. I could do that. I hated Corn, yeah. No, yeah. but still. But, but they made and money, Limp yeah. And, and Fred Durst just went, I could do that. Mm-hmm. I can do that. You know, it, it's like that old Jim Carrey joke. Mm-hmm. Jim Carrey going, I used to look at Richard Pryor and Robin Williams and think, huh, I could do that. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, but but that's it's almost that arrogance. And then, like, you know, in some cases... But there's but, some... But they had to have a talent behind it. Yeah, yeah, be but... something, a momentum of a team to bring them together. I think that... I think anyone that does anything, though, is a, is a sort of... That's an influence, isn't it, really? It, yeah. it, that's the, it, You do look at people and go out and do a better job. And I, yeah. I freely admit that is what I... Yeah. That's how I originally wanted to do this. And now I wanted yeah. to do Y Radios because... I could do that. <laughs> and I just went, I can do better than some of the clowns I see who do interviews. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I've, this is a common story in, in Geek Apocalypse for people who know Geek Apocalypse. But the reason I set up Geek Apocalypse was... Hard Talk BBC News, where the presenter of that went to London Comic Con to interview William Shatner, and his first question was, so why do people hate you from the original series? Wow. And he, and it was the first time Shatner had been in England in 20-odd years. Wow. And that was his first question. And I just went, BBC, who are meant to be the... the the We include everybody. We yes. have people for everybody. And I'm going, you look at someone like me who, who can present and can talk to someone and do questions and they send the guy from hard talk who clearly has got given a bunch of notes by his researcher that's yeah. another thing that annoys me why does an interviewer need to have a researcher I, I, that really baffles me that should be the interviewer's job in the in many respects it was the um, same when when i worked for talk 107 in edinburgh as yeah. a producer i was preparing scripts jokes and guests for the presenter yeah. the presenter would come in and take their script from me and would essentially read my jokes on the air. And in a sense, yeah, you're like, it's, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Because, but but there was... No personality. I suppose yeah. they were hired mm. because the idea was, well, they have a dynasty, they have a dynamite or a dynamo about them in their performance, and they look good in the camera, or they look good in front of a mic in a way other people can't. But then, in many respects, you know, there was there was very little. Well, that's one of the things I think podcasting in particular. When everyone compares podcasting to radio shows, right? That's ultimately the difference. Is that oh, podcasting yeah. is a, a personal has a personal edge to it. Of Take course. me out of this podcast; it's not the same podcast. Of course, it's not. But but um, and that's its charm. It's really it's yes. its charm in any podcast is that you pick based on the host. Really, yes. the guest obviously. If someone's not a regular listener, then a guest may go, "Oh, I listen to that." You know, yes. like you know, I think 
it's safe to say, no disrespect to Colt Cabana's podcast, but when CM Punk agreed because he's made something to be on to talk about why he left WWE, his servers blew up because of the demand, because yeah, he'd never had that of amount course. of people. So that's a great example where, you know, the the curiosity factor leads them to go to a podcast that they may never yeah. listen to yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. So I I understand that. It's the same with when we had, for, for our perspective, I know we're a smaller knit of people, but like, say, the Ryan when Ryan Day was on, we had a bunch of people, obviously from mm. Geek and Sundry fans, mm. who came on who probably never even heard of our podcast until we had Ryan on because obviously who would in America you know unless like unless but there could have been someone who we've had American people on so maybe they heard about it through Andrew Hackard or, or Larry Rosnai yeah. or, or whatever we've had a bunch of Americans on so so that's what I'm saying but but you can't have this idea of everyone knows you or whatever because yeah. that just isn't true but um, but 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 yeah so it, it it's it, uh, that is the ultimate issue is that there's no personality though that's why whenever I listen to radio shows that this is, I think this should be the last thing we say and then we need to wrap up yeah, as well. Yeah, oh, I just sure. want to tell you a quick story about um, Voyager because it's something I heard okay, before. Cool. Um, but anyway, but all I want to say and then we'll get your thoughts on it is when I listened to it, there was a radio show, right, where Newcastle Gamers, which you know I'm a board game, yes. board game club member, and we got asked to be on a show and it was board games. Uh, there was an article in the Telegraph, right, mm-hmm. which basically said board games are dead and good riddance was the name of the headline. And we were like, board games are dead and good and good riddance, which I thought was very unfair. Something like that. I'm paraphrasing that. that yes. Forgive me. But it was a Telegraph article, right? And so um, there's a girl on the Modern Breakfast Show. You met, uh, BBC Newcastle. You probably know more than I do. She's on like 10 or 12. Oh, BBC yes. Newcastle. Yeah, there's a, there's yeah, a woman who, who does the BBC Newcastle stuff. And so the second hour, they dedicated the second hour to figuring out are board games dead based on this article. So Newcastle Gamers, which is one of the biggest board game yeah, clubs yeah, that yeah. I'm part of in Newcastle, uh, got asked to interview. So they asked me and Drew, and Drew asked Drew got Drew answered the email first, and he said he'll do it. And I'm like, great, we get represented. I wasn't bothered because um, it was about gamers, not about Geopolips. So 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 Drew went on. Now Drew's second name is Go to Bed, and his middle name's William, so it's Will Go to Bed. Right. So they read that the producer of the program read his email with his name and went, "Can we talk about your name? Because we think that's hilarious." Right. And so he was like, "Okay," thinking, "Okay, it's the little joke that they do." Yeah. It was a five-minute segment about board games, and he was meant to talk about how board games are awesome. They talked about his name for three minutes. Wow. And I was just like, that is so terribly bad, irresponsible journalism. Like, I get that they're making a joke and they want to be entertaining, right? But I wouldn't have minded that if the rest of the hour was based on why board games, it's a that this article was not worth the paper it was printed on. Yeah. It was made by a snob who went, oh, well, I played chess when I was younger and uh, I didn't mind a bit of chess, but everyone else who played like Monopoly or whatever were dicks. Like, not realising that there's a whole massive market of board mm. games out there. I mean, just behind this very camera, as Wayne will say, is I've got a bunch of games on a, on a, yeah. a, and a game just lying down there, which is made Richard Garfield who makes Magic the Gathering. That's a game that he makes. Oh. Um, made by the same guy who did Magic the Gathering, the card game. Uh, I would do that. Like he was also a chef, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah. So anyway, um, they spent the whole hour. They went round the BBC Newcastle office and were like, "Well, I used to play Jenga and Monopoly, uh, but other than that, no, I haven't played board games." And then they basically just went. So yeah, because they spent no time interviewing people who do play board games now, basically just came to this very irresponsible conclusion of, "Yeah, we agree that the, 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 and not realizing that the board, if you spent no research done, because if you spent any research doing the counter argument, this is what the responsible journalism is. Yes. This is my problem. Yes. Is that that's the that's the premise of the board games are dead." 
counter-argument as a journalism is to look at the opposite and go, what's the opposite view? Absolutely. And but, I think... I, I think uh, that, and they didn't. They just reinforced yeah. it. I think there's a very lazy strand um, in yeah. journalism. Yeah. But I think what's even more and dangerous... I mean, I'm really intrigued I, to know I what think, you think. I think what's even more dangerous... Because I know you care about it. ...is that um, we have people reading newspapers, mm-hmm. reading websites yes. in 2015 who believe... That because the individual writing the article is speaking those words, that they are essentially infallible, mm-hmm. and that this person's opinion yeah. is worth more. It's fact. There will, there they will, think yeah. it's fact. Yeah. And there will be some, and, and even more dangerously, there will be someone who picks up a copy of the Daily Mail, or the Telegraph, or the Guardian, or the Financial Times, and reads that, and believes that just because your words are in the Guardian, or the Financial Times, or Time Magazine, or the Wall Street Journal you have a higher opinion and therefore you are, I suppose to use bad grammar, more correct than somebody who writes on a website. They almost use the word, it's such a great point. It's it, it's almost like they use the word well-read. You know what I mean? Yes. They'll read one yes. article and go, well, I'm well-read on the subject. Yes. And, and I read in a newspaper, not realising that that's, a, that's an Just opinionated Just because you have piece. an article published in Time yeah. or the Wall Street Journal and doesn't mean it's all the be-all. The f- and and all the information yet they used was ten, like 10 years old. Yes. Like it was a 10-year-old article, basically, and I actually said when I read it that it's, if it was 20 years ago before Magic the Gathering... See, if they had interviewed me, I would have went, that article 20 years ago would have been right. But Magic the Gathering, Wizards of the Coast, saved the board game industry. Yes. I know that makes that sounds like it makes no sense because it's a card game. But Wizards of the Coast, Magic the Gathering made so much money in one year. The Wizards of the Coast are the big are the big fish with if you take out Hasbro and Mattel who make all the family sure, games. Sure, yeah, yeah. They are like the bigger people. And then you've got the Mayfair, Steve Jackson games, uh, Asmodi, AAG, all these people that have been on the podcast because I'm a huge board game fan. And and um, they are um, they are the big fishes in a relatively big pond now because yes. because it's had a resurgence because um, because this is the downside of having all this freely available stuff is that we're not interacting with people whereas if we sit down with a board game like me you and a bunch of other people like say I wanted to introduce you to two of my other friends yeah sure. then I would say to you the good way of uh, the good way of getting to know someone is let's come around to my house let's I'll pick a board game and we can yes. sit and play a board game and that or, or, that is a much better way of getting to know somebody and you'll find out what people are really like in that scenario um, as as you'll know when we, we last played together yes, <laughs> yes, yes, you find out what people are really like uh, but um, but yeah I mean does it does it I mean because do you think there's an element of does your journalistic like we, uh, the, the, your approach to, journal, to journalism like uh, the, the techniques you've learned lead you to kind of fish for the right information so if you look at an article for example on like yahoo or something uh, and to, you see a thing and do you do you dig for more information because i find yeah, myself doing to, that a lot. To, a, to a large extent absolutely yeah. um a, a great example i always say to someone because there was there was a, a young lady who was doing the youth work with me recently and when they asked everyone in the room what they wanted to do for a living she actually said, I want to be a journalist. And, and that really, I perked up because I hadn't heard anyone say that in a long yeah. time. I want to it's be a journalist. It's almost a dying thing, isn't yeah. it? It's just assumed and, everyone's like And that, I went yeah. and had a chat with her and we were talking away about it. And she had said to me, she says, um, uh, she says, like, when, you know, when did you realize that, you know, um, journalism meant more than simply like writing articles and being a newsreader? And I went, well, I was, and still am to a large extent, a big Michael Moore fan. 
but Michael Moore is unfortunately someone who has made a journalistic career by essentially peddling lies because he has not in any way given he has given source material for a lot of his stuff but he especially in bowling for columbine mm -hmm. he was more concerned with the entertainment factor of the message he was putting across then these original yes. documentaries yeah yes. i mean and also as well it may not necessarily you know maybe lies maybe is a strong word it could mm. be just his interpretation yes like um but yeah there's always going to be with it, stuff it was, of that nature it, yeah. it's always going to be counter argument because it's kind of like an into because the funny, really the funny thing is that, that there's a great term it was actually it was a term point, that was, but it was a term that was used for a documentary around the time yeah. called Manufacturing Dissent. Mm -hmm. And the documentary that was made by a group of Canadian filmmakers who made a documentary about Michael Moore fabricating or manufacturing dissent, if you like. But the term Manufacturing Dissent, I think, also refers to that. And it's something that definitely, in the back of my mind, I think of it almost became fashionable for a period in music and media and journalism yeah, to yeah. be anti-Bush, mm -hmm. anti-government, mm -hmm. anti-austerity. Definitely. And it, it is Definitely. something that does it really mean the same as what it did yeah, yeah. when you're watering down somebody's beliefs. No, I know. And, and you're that, right, yeah. from that point of view, I, mm -hmm. I was saying to this young person that journalism obviously means a lot more than simply, oh, I've written on a blog, or I've written this article, or I'm telling people my opinion. It, it's, it's funny you say yeah. that because while you were saying that, I was thinking of um, there's a there's a there's an old there's an ex MMA fighter who I, I like a lot called Shail Sonnen, mm. uh, and he has a podcast uh, on uh, podcast one, which has a lot of like wrestling MMA guys, like that's where Chris Jericho's thing is, various other ones. Yeah, and um, and he. He's no longer fighting. He just does his podcast, sure, sure. and he obviously he might do he merchandise and various other things. Oh, of course, yeah. Because uh, he's obviously an MMA fighter, ex MMA fighter, so he still sells stuff and whatnot. Um, and he was in an interview, and he went, "I'm going down this new path of being a journalist." And I'm and I got and I was watching it going, "I'm actually I don't know what it, like." And I went, "Have I have I, have I right have I got a right to be annoyed by the fact that he's using the term mm. journalist because?" He's only just started doing a podcast after he retired as a predominant MMA fighter, and he's yeah. all of a sudden saying he's a journalist because he he gets someone else to press record and he tries to interview someone. And I'm like, that's not a journalist. No, I'm like, he can, if he says podcaster, that's fine, but that's not being a journalist. Well, you see, I I think I have journalistic roots in me, but I wouldn't turn around and say that what I do right now is being a journalist. I don't think that's what I don't think I am. Um, I'm a podcaster. I'm not sitting here right now. I'm going, oh, Stephen, the journalist. I think no, because. I actually think you should write and research articles to the to you know that's the skill mm -hmm. that's the skill of coming up with a framework of best of what your opinion or well, opinion the, the on the argument is, is like Andy Townsend well Andy Townsend is an ex footballer who and now they, does yeah. who now does commentary great for ITV point. great it, point it, that doesn't make him a sports great journalist. point that but they all say that they are yeah, yeah it's yeah. a really great point yeah. they all turn around and say oh I'm now a sports journalist because because I talk on TV yes whereas it was like when Russell Brand uh, thingy done match of the day and I looked at him and going now what's the difference what is ultimately the difference between Russell Brand going on match of the day talking about what he thinks about the football than these other people and the only thing I can come up with is that he's not an ex-footballer yeah. but there's no other difference other than and that. for that matter and Russell Brand wouldn't leave that and go I'm now a journalist Matt I'm now Smith a... who played the 11th Doctor yeah. actually used to play for Leicester yeah, so by yeah. all means get him on match of yeah, the day yeah yeah 
I know what's the discernible difference. Well, really, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is why yeah. the, the the and to prove that I'm not like anti-footballer as well. There's a really great one of the best presenters. Gary Lineker has a great example. Mm. He actually went and learned how to present, and he's a fantastic presenter. And I, I think he's brilliant. Uh, he's he's one of the exceptions. And the other exce- the great uh, the great example who I have a lot of respect for is Scott Minto. Now, mm. people who don't know who Scott Minto is Scott Minto is an ex-footballer played for Chelsea, Benfica, and a bunch of other people at uh, Charlton. Uh, he is the presenter now of Revista de la Liga, which is a highlight show of Spanish football here in the UK. And he, when he started off, I was he was obviously nervous because it was his first presenting job. And then I read about what he'd done. And when he finished his football career, instead of going down the pundit route and just claiming he knew what he was doing, he went and did two years of university doing a media degree, learning how to present. And I was like, good for him because yeah. there was a noticeable difference when he came back he yeah. went i took a thing away and came back and now he's ridiculously good because he's mm-hmm. learned the trade he's learned the trade i even have no real problem even if he hadn't have done that and just learned on the job and like learned it got better and then behind the scenes worked on it but i even liked more the fact that instead of jumping into a role he actually went and learned how to do it mm-hmm. so he didn't just take the thing of oh i'm an ex-footballer i mean i've got the right and the perfect example is that of rio ferdinand there's a there's a clip of Rio Ferdinand doing a documentary on the best World Cup moments. Him and him and uh, Oli Mers presenting a football documentary. That's the dream and team, exactly. Right there. Yeah, I know. Yeah, couldn't get any better. I was I was just so I was so happy. I was so happy when I watched that yeah. program and was like, wow. "What a great the best God, they're really stepping up the presenters." Didn't Oli Mers used to be a footballer, or did he? Did he uh, maybe play something? He or he had an interest in- I mean, that guy from One Direction played. The guy from One Direction played a friendly for Doncaster, That's and he's right. claiming he's a fuck. He's yeah, claiming he's a footballer. Yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah, I know because yeah, yeah. they went always oh, signed a one year deal, and it was like, yeah, no, he had for he, like two games. But he, <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, yeah. charity matches. He's not literally turning. He's no, not no. registered as a football league Sitting player you bench, idiot you're training every know, week yeah like. <laughs> yeah he's like well when, when my schedule allows guys i'll be here it's like which is never which no, is I, never, I know exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's like book a world tour book a world tour i'm gone for eight months and it happens to be the football season but um yeah some, harry forrester some, somebody forrester isn't it i can't remember the guy's name but i remember reading about it yeah, but yeah he yeah. played a meaningless friendly in a, in a pre-season game and everyone was like he signed a one jokingly said he signed a one-year deal but as you say what do you mean by one-year deal is he's basically just in a pre-season game every pre-season game he's, he gets to play for them he's like an honorary player yeah which means nothing really at the end of the day i'm an honorary newcastle player why well i watched some of the games <laughs> i was like it's good enough for me you've heard it here first know, yeah Apocalypse exactly yeah signs to play yeah, newcastle know, yeah. United. <laughs> Hey, I could probably get in their team right now. <laughs> um, but that's a whole other matter. But yeah, just to end the show, though, yeah, I really wanted yeah, to tell yeah. you a story about... Go on. Because I'm a huge Voyager fan, right? Yes. As you know. But did you know, right? Remember season three, when uh, when Jerry Ryan, because Seven of Nine, comes part of it, right? I remember Jerry Ryan. I know, yeah, did you remember I do Jerry? remember Jerry Ryan. Yes. As you said, tell the tell the quick story for the benefit. Oh, well, uh, Robert, Robert Bacardo. Robert Bacardo please tell me that story. It's very Glasgow funny. Glasgow several funny. years ago at a science fiction convention. Yeah. And everyone kept asking him questions on Voyager. I asked him about Gremlins, I'd like to add, and he was really thrilled that he talked to me about Gremlins. He came up to me afterwards and he was like, thank you so much for asking me something that wasn't Star Trek. He says, I love talking about Star Trek, but people forget. If I ever interviewed him, right, I would mention Wagons East. Yeah. 
The last film, the last John, John Candy, Candy film. Oh, no one, uh, no one remembers. That? No one remembers. Why wouldn't exactly? you? Exactly. Yeah. You see, yeah. that shows yeah. that because I'm a, a fan of this area, yeah. that I don't even need to do research because I yeah. would know half the things why he was would in. You, why wouldn't but you mention I, that? Exactly because it was like, what did you? Because well, you'd yeah. ask, was John? Did John Candy look ill? Because well, everyone claimed the people who have talked, but I don't remember Robert well, Cardo ever being asked. One of anyway. the first, one of the first questions that he was asked. Robert Cardo does this hour long, and one of the first questions he asked is. How difficult was it to work with Jerry Ryan on the set of Voyager? And Robert Cardo was like, I don't know what you mean by difficult. And the woman says, well, you know, the fact that, of course, she wasn't wearing any underwear and it was a cold set and you could see her throbbing breast. And Robert Cardo was just like, uh... <laughs> you know, and he, you know, and everyone, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Yeah, what did you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sort of like, and then Robert's like, sort of is making jokes out of it as the session goes on. Every once in a while, he's around going, "Sorry, I lost my train of thought. I was thinking of Jerry's nipples again. I, I apologize." You know, but it was that kind of like constantly, and it was almost like I remember someone at the end turning around to the woman who asked the question and going. Oh, that was a great question about Jerry Ryan. Well done on asking that. It was, was not. Just, it was not like it's yeah. not like plot development. Yeah, it's basically yeah, yeah, like, yeah. what did you think? It's, he made that, so paraphrasing that, she basically asked, "What? <laughs> what did you think of Jerry Ryan's nipples?" That was basically <laughs> what she asked. Let's be frank. Uh, but know. anyway, that's a great yeah, story. I remember yeah, you yeah. telling me that at the time. Uh, but yeah, anyway. So so right during that particular time, right? Do you remember? Because the person who left, because I remember that they did say. The, the, even at the time that they didn't want to pay for 10 regular cast members that's right so they were thinking about who to get rid of that's now right. the common uh, yeah. now the common the common obviously the person who ended up leaving was Kess of course yes um, yeah. now that made sense to a lot of people for those who don't know what Kess's character was like she was an accompanist which only was, they only lived for 10 years yes, that's she was right. only like 3 years old yeah. and they ended up becoming like this hugely different entity during this time so so it made sense for her not being there the whole seven years because, uh, and she becoming yes. a higher entity anyway. I love so the she fact stopped when, anyway. when she comes back. I yeah, love that yeah, she's kind of old. Yeah, yeah. but you yeah, know, yeah. Je- Jer- Jennifer Lynn is a little quick segue. She doesn't act anymore. Like that was the last thing she did. Wow. Like and um, I've like so I was like because I was thinking who can because I'll admit I yeah, was going yeah. who could I get who's not really like hugely well known who was in Voyager who I could get on the podcast yes. kind of thing yeah and she I could probably if I could track her down oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but but it, she doesn't seem to do any show business stuff at all but anyway I don't even know what she does but anyway but anyway yeah so but but did you know she wasn't the first choice I found this I, I found this out really recently and I are went you gonna, I went are, really are you going to tell me that yeah I'll he tell you was who, the first choice yes uh, no way. Uh, the first choice to leave, and you're gonna go. That makes sense. Is Harry? Garrett Wrong was the first person that we're gonna get rid of, and the reason for it was not necessarily the character. Is Garrett Wrong apparently was really notoriously bad, punctual. Like he would turn up late. He would forget his lines. Uh, he was notorious for being. One of the producers came out after the fact and said he was possibly the most laziest person. Wow, uh, and so they really considered cutting him uh, because they did, obviously, as I say, they wanted to go from ten to nine. But but, but you think well, Kess is the more obvious choice because I, I personally think, being a huge fan of the series, they I don't I, I know some people have claimed that Kess, some of Kess's episodes were really interesting. Her, I thought her character got a lot more boring, especially when they sort of distanced her a bit from from Neelix. Like her, it seemed to be like her and Neelix, Neelix, Neelix kind of had a, a side thing with Tuvok trying to get his affection and hit, of, with Paris obviously of, yeah one um, of my favourite one of my favourite Voyager episodes 
is where Paris keeps going. It's either, no, it is Paris. Paris or Kess keep going through, it's Kess, keeps slipping through time. And her and Paris are married. Yes, yes. And it's so good. Yeah, because, it's a very good like, episode. Yeah, yeah, I was watched that fairly the, recently. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, one yeah, I remember yeah. very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where she's um, she's like What's goes back she's to be stuck an old in woman, it. Yeah. and then she comes back through her life. And yeah, she's stuck in some sort of loop, and she yeah, right. she's flashing back to all of her life. Because yeah. I mean, you see the character if she was on Voyager as an old woman at the age of seven with mm-hmm. a load of grandkids. Yeah. And then it's like the character dies, but then that is actually back. a good episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take that back. So that, that is, is a good episode. But there's some of them where it's just like her sort of doing certain things and trying to like. I just think they they really struggle to know what to do with that character. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it made, to me, it made a lot of sense to get rid of her because if they're going to get rid of anyone, because she just seemed to have nothing going for her. Like part, like if you go through all the other people, the Doctor was kind of wanting to become a human, which I thought yeah. the, the the most interesting character I think out of all of that was the Doctor. Oh, but if yeah, you look yeah. from what the, what the Doctor was when he first got activated to when he ended up leaving, he was a totally separate character. So yeah, yeah. I think Robert Picardo did a great job and I oh, think yeah, he yeah. should be really happy with what, what he got given because he was in a lot of the... The, was, a lot of the right. like yeah, episodes yeah, yeah. and and was needed in a lot of the stuff. I would say Garrett was said he was upset that his character wasn't fully developed. I I agree with that to a certain extent. I think they did, but and Par- Paris was really good. I thought they dealt with well, him good. Tom but Bologna, I thought when I put them two sure, together as well, sure. that made to me that made a lot of sense. Um, Tuvok to a degree, uh, and obviously Janeway become more po- poignant, and obviously Chakotay with these Indian roots. I thought Chakotay was underutilized. Ah, so, uh, to a towards large the extent, end, I, think, I thought yeah. he was. I thought there was more they could have done with yeah. him. I'll tell you who I am. Because he I made think. a lot of sense when he had the whole difference with Jay- like when they made him and Janeway okay. Suddenly, Jacob, it had very little. Well, to do. I think I've said this to you um, before. I, I know I've said it to somebody, yeah. and they actually went and corrected me and told me that's actually not what happened. But I've often said the most interesting characters for me on Voyager, one of the most interesting, aside from the Doctor, was uh, was Suter, was the murder, ah, the serial yeah. killer. Yeah, who Suter, ended up getting killed, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that episode where he saves the crew yes. is one of the better ones. Yeah, like it's yeah. one of the best uh when him it's him and the doctor and the um uh, and the uh Oh god, I've forgotten their name, the guys with the the pointy heads. Um uh the the was it Melon? No, it wasn't Melon, was it Melon? Uh Kazon, 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 Kazon yes, the Kazon yes. Nistrum, that's it. God I had a blank there, yeah. The Kazon Nistrum when they take over Voyager with uh with um Seska. Yes. And yeah, and uh, Su- only two people on the ship are the Doctor and Suta, and Suta goes around killing him. Another, like, another great They were episode. both really good. Yeah. Actually, another great episode, a year after Seska dies, and they activate a program. Yeah, I watched that very recently. That's a great where episode. Where it was a virus, and yes. uh, him and Tuvok, Tuvok yeah. in Paris get cut. <laughs> yeah. That's a great episode, yeah. Because really that, is, that yeah. starts with... Balana finding it, yes. and uh, and she and Tuvok's like, and and Jakote stays the mutiny, and you go, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it's yeah, the first yeah. thing you think, and then it's like uh, they realise it on the holodeck. It's a really good episode. I totally agree. She was good as well, but then they cut the yeah. the, the, the two major sort of like regular people, um, Seska and yeah, and, 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 and Suda. Yeah, yeah. They they were really great, and uh, even um even um. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the, the the Vulcan in engineering who goes through the pond That's right. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, I forget him now. I forget his name. I just watched it the other day. The one with uh, the one where he's um, 
where well, he, he's going through the pond fall and he yeah. wants to mate with Balana and, and he doesn't realise that he yeah. did a Imulgan mind man but then she gets all the emotional attachment yeah. like she has a telepathic thing where she just basically is horny yeah. <laughs> and wants to screw everybody no, everyone no, was that's, like that's really <laughs> and we're like well let's wait before we heal her first let's <laughs> no that's it that's and it. when Paris is like I don't want to but I kind of do I yeah. don't want to but I kind of do no, uh, no it's a great it's a great show I mean it, they just I think it's a really so well much. done series I really um, do but anyway I just wanted to say yeah. so so, yeah, yeah. so the reason that makes a lot of sense with, with Harry leaving yes. if you think Scorpion was the, the Scorpion part 1 and part 2 was when they introduced 7 and when they take her yes. from the Borg uh, if you remember, Harry was going to die on the on the uh, on the bed uh, with the virus from the uh, the doctor wasn't going to find a cure for it. Ah. That makes a lot of sense now. If you think about it, because he was dying, and then the doctor finds with the Borg Namapur as a way of curing him. They weren't wow. they weren't going to find the cure in time, and he was going to die, and that was the whole idea. And during season two and season three, they changed their mind. Like during the because obviously they wouldn't have filmed the second one until wow. the start of season three. And so when they filmed it again, they changed their mind. So Harry was going to die in the first episode of season three, wow. uh, and they changed their mind to Kess. Uh, also, another little sort of like behind the scenes stuff. And I watched a very recent con in America, a video of this, of yes. of, of Harry of, of Garrett Wong with uh, Jerry Ryan talking to cast members, and it gets really uncomfortable because a, a fan goes up to the microphone and says, "So." Every, it's kind of it's kind of known under the grapevine that uh, like it's been heard through the the grapevine that um you and Kate Kate don't get on even now to this day and they've done conventions together and various other things yeah, yeah, when yeah. Voyager together and she admits that it's true uh that her and Kate Mulgrew and what's really Awkward. what's really sad about it is uh, Harry thought Garrett starts crying. <laughs> Garrett starts crying and oh, it's a wow. really difficult thing to watch because Garrett he gets really upset with it and he goes yeah it's true and it happened during the series that they didn't get on and he said that like it was like they, they were perfect he said they were professional about it obviously because they had a lot of scenes together but they really didn't like each see, other see from that point of view from my point of view in regards to that my initial attitude would be fans I mean who gives a fuck like yeah, the, the yeah. idea of a fan kind of coming up and going I hear you guys don't get along do you know what I think like the issue other, mind you know, your own business I know yeah, yeah. But, but you think like that's gonna that's more likely to happen than everyone getting on yeah you know yeah, and I think the mistake I think the mistake Trek fans make is they look at the next gen cast who all love each other oh, yeah, yeah. and they go and they go that's that's once in a and they yeah. all say that like yeah. they all worked on other stuff where people like didn't get on and didn't like each yeah, other yeah. and they were like it was just it was just pure luck that they all got on except for Wesley uh, Crusher the fans really hated him I know but even so when they did the tw- when I I think I, I think I tweeted you it or I told you about <laughs> yeah, it the 25th yeah. anniversary did, uh, did. in Calgary and he's there and Denise Crosby's even there and yeah. then they get Q to come out Fair play. Um, and I'm like even though like Denise Crosby I mean what an easy paycheck she had they I never know. even she ever even spoke 22 episodes and 22 episodes and she basically made a career out of that I know and then afterwards she's like I made a terrible mistake bring me back yeah, and then they brought yeah. her back as that Romulan as the Romulan as a they could have found a way to do that though yeah like a flashback or whatever yeah like that really found, good yeah. one when yes that really good one when Riker goes back in the, is in the feet like an alternate timeline that's and, right. and, and, uh, that's right. and they get her to go with that uh, captain from the to other to be honest that's the that only... was the, one of the best there are two. There are, there are two things about Voyager. Uh, there are two things about Voyager that always annoyed me. Go on, the first one is obviously the ending wasn't done properly. Fucking it didn't justify shit! It. Didn't justify yeah. it. The second thing. Fireworks is, and like the end. Yeah, then you the get s- on the bloody planet. Well, the second thing yeah. is 
Q could have easily brought them home. I know, yeah. Q could have easily brought them home <laughs> in two seconds. Why didn't that and actually also, happen? What's annoying as well is I watched it, I've been watching the Q episodes as well, like even yeah. the next generation yeah. ones. I, I just watched the Robin Hood one with Vosh. The, oh, the, that's yeah. a great one. Because what's great. great about that, people forget that, like, that episode, 20 minutes of that is on Enterprise, and then they do the Robin yes. Hood angle. Yeah. So they crowbar in this Robin Hood thing in half an episode, and it's still good. Yeah. Yeah. It's still good that, uh, that he does that, and he just, like, loves time. And you say, on the Voyager ones in particular, all of Q's episodes are about needing Janeway's help, and his any any teasers are that he can bring them home straight away yeah but and and and, and i'm and i always wondered that and janeway's answer you can understand but you kind of go really if you were in that position and you wanted to go home wouldn't you just prefer it prefer going home and yeah. and, and 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 at least they can then go oh we did some of the delta quadrant because there was no yeah. guarantee they're ever going to make that and originally when they started it was 75 years it all would have been dead by the time they yeah, got there yeah of course you know so well except so, Tuvok but we well yeah because he was yeah. like 300 for Vulcans or whatever it is but, but yeah um, she answers him by saying but we're explorers and we're going to get there our own way and we're not going to sort of cheat there yeah. and you can see that and go you can tell it, you, ha- you know when you sort of have this inclination that right that right has put that in and they don't really want to but it's a way of solving the issue of q being yes. able to do it because it's either just ignore the fact that q can do it which they didn't do because q would tease them the entire time but they could have just went we're not going to mention the fact that q can do it and everyone's yes. like why didn't they bring up the fact that q could have just done it but they did but they kind of half-arsed about it because they were at uh, janeway the only time janeway responded was when he mentioned it in the q episode where the q continuum would die and he wants yes. that to appropriate yes. with her and um which is a strange it is it's a, a weird one episode. to be honest to be honest and i good I, episode but yeah. a strange premise yeah and to be honest i will and i because he picks out of the yeah. whole universe he picks janeway yeah. Like what and the, I will, I will say this because I. So what's the other one as well? You need to get to that as well because you said two. Well, there were two. The ending yeah. and oh, like the, the cube thing. Yes, the okay. yeah, the first But one I have to say, right, the dialogue between Patrick Stewart and John Delancey. Yeah. You the want, best. What, what? What was the the quote? Was like, you want to know if we need you, Q? I need you. <laughs> you know, and it was just like, it, there was just there was moments between those two that if they had given them a show together. I would love to see them on a podcast. That's why I was so re- they, I was yeah. so thrilled when they did the twenty five year reunion yeah. and John Delancey yeah. was a, was an uh, was a surprise guest. Yeah, because as I mean, people forget he was only in like seven episodes, like uh, overall, like he was in four and something like four but and generations. Like, I mean, he was my three favorite. Voyager. He was, but yeah, my but favorite. in the in the comparison of there was seven <laughs> seasons in both of them, yeah. for both of them, and he yeah. was only in four seven episodes. Four episodes four of TNG Voyager and, and four, about six or seven of like the that, next yeah. generation. And one um, of Deep Space Nine. Yes. One of Deep Space yeah, Nine. Yeah, when he brings back... I love he that. brings Vash back. Or yeah, Vash and, comes uh, back. And um, Jonathan Frakes, doesn't he? Jonathan Frakes. No, no, Jonathan Frakes isn't in that one. Jonathan Frakes... Which, is oh, no, in that's the one in uh, Voyager, isn't it? No, no, Jonathan Frakes is in Deep Space Nine, but it's the episode where he plays his evil counterpart, Thomas Wright. That's right. So, yeah. Is that the one where... Vo- he steals like, the Defiant. Yes. That's what Jonathan Frakes that, But, but, is, but is, is Q the Q reason for that? Does Q bring him back? No, Q brings him back in the very first Voyager episode. That's right. Because he's trying to tell him, he's trying to prove that Q had a, that the a other positive Q influence. had a positive influence because yes. the other Q rescued yes. Riker's great great grandfather. That's right. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to remember which yeah. episode it was where he brings back a bunch of people as like kind of like, I look at how well I've done it's Voyager. Yeah, I know too much of this. Yeah, <laughs> I just because I know all the series, so I'm like trying to remember which one Q did. But yeah. So what there was the, what did he do in Deep Space Nine then? The one in Deep Space Nine was Q in Deep Space Nine. Um, a ship comes back through the wormhole. Vash is on the ship. Miles O'Brien recognizes Vash from the Enterprise. 
Vash has had a breakup uh, yes. with Q. Yes. They've been travelling the Delta Quadrant, but she now wants to go back to Earth. And then Quark has this special thing. Vash arranges to have an auction That's with right. Quark. And the device they're For an using. Orb. An orb. Yes, and the orb, orb yeah. is actually a life form. Yeah. And then at the same time, Q was messing with Cisco. And Q was like, you hit me. Picard never hit me. I'm not Picard. Bang. You know, it's... it's <laughs> you ever yeah. see the... Uh, there's a really funny blooper on YouTube. You see the blooper where he goes... Mm. He goes, bring them back, Q. Now! And then <laughs> and then uh, John Delancey goes, oh, what? What? You'll ravish me? And he goes, not ravish. And then Cisco <laughs> out of character... Like, but Cisco out of character goes, I might. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, out the whole crew laughs because he just goes... I, lo- I love He's that. like, I might, I might. Yeah. And, uh, the, best, uh, the best moment, the best Q moment for me is on the Enterprise when he is accepted back into the continuum after losing his powers. And he like he clicks his fingers and goes, but I want to celebrate. And Riker turns around and goes, I don't need your fantasy women, Q. And so Q snaps his fingers and goes, Riker, you were more fun without the beard. <laughs> <laughs> Although Which he looks assume, weird without the beard, yeah, he looks yeah, weird yeah. without the beard. He looks too young. To I know. Yeah, it's when he when he did it in <laughs> when he did it in uh, Insurrection or whatever it yeah, was the film yeah, he did where, yeah. where where she says she doesn't like beards uh, when him and Troy finally get together. Yes, and they're in that thing where he shaves it and he goes smooth as an Android bottom, and I'm and I'm like, good joke, but I'm like. It's not worth it for losing right no, this beard. No, it's not worth it. <laughs> but John that's a wholly different thing. He hasn't aged well, has he? he's lost his hair. Patrick Stewart said looks the same as he did I know, in yeah. before. <laughs> Will, Will's birthday was this Tuesday. Will was Wheaton's it? birthday oh, was this Tuesday, and someone put a, a clip of him as Will, uh, like a, a Twitter picture of him as the as Ensign Crusher and him now, and barring a beard, he looks the bloody same. I know. It's really yeah, annoying. Yeah, yeah. It's really annoying. Um. And uh, yeah, it's the same with some people. I mean, Brett Brent Spiner's got like uh, grey hair, but he sure. still looks in good shape. And after to say, Lavar looks fantastic. He looks pretty much the same. He's yeah. in he's in perception with the guy yeah, from Will yeah, and Grace. He has right, like yeah. a role in perception. And obviously, he had that cameo in a uh, Big Bang Theory. He, did. he looked pretty much the same. That was. Brilliant. I mean, they've all got like they've all got Our a little larger. Week, Lavar Burton. I know, yeah. <laughs> you know, when he comes in, he goes, "I need to. I need to stop accepting parties on Twitter." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I need to stop doing this. <laughs> yeah. You've now become it's my really mortal great. enemy, Brent Spiner. Don't worry, it won't. Yeah, I know, yeah, I know. <laughs> Remember when we used to make these things masturbate? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Very funny. the data dolls in my trunk. And he goes, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll sign it for 20 bucks. <laughs> and I'm like, 15. what's annoying is that's true. What's annoying is that's true. Do you know, um, do you know just as a, a, a nice bit to end yes. on, right, which makes it a little sort of sick to think of, but it shows how much the thing. Sh- guess how much Shatner, uh, Shatner's autograph how much you have to pay at a convention well probably about 100 pounds or something not as much as that but it's still quite a bit Uh, i've heard on average is about 65 dollars which is about 40 quid the hell with it it's worth it not for the autograph (laughs) for the picture but to get a picture with Shatner. In fact, if I invent when time we, travel, I'm going back to the 60s and get and getting a picture with 60s Shatner. Get, uh, yeah, and get his autograph before it becomes like mainstream. Yes. Like, on the set of The Good Intruder point, yeah. or something like that. Uh, it's, it, uh, it's, but if you think about it, like when we went to ScreenCon and, and Craig Charles, like yeah. we went as a big apocalypse went, and uh, we had some photos taken, and Craig Charles and Chris Barry were there, and the entire table was done. They were charging 20 quid, and I got a picture. It's in my, it's on my, yeah, it's on my office yeah, space, yeah, and you've yeah. seen it, yeah. Uh, it's not that one. There's another one with actual oh, right. Craig There's Charles with Craig Charles signing it because that was the only one that yeah, but Craig you Charles with the, you got one most with, of the cast, with Robert like, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris That's Barry and a bunch of other people. Yeah, yeah. it was really cool. And, and Hattie, yeah, Hattie Hattie, 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 H
Talky Talky Toaster, John Lan- John, Lan- oh. John Lenehan. That one of the few guys to be banned from Magic Magic Castle. He was a magician, <laughs> and I was like, again doing my research. I'm going, I really want to ask him that, but I know he probably did something really bad because to be to be banned from the Magic Castle, mm, mm. he must have really revealed a trick or something. That's usually what I'm get just thinking for. about the joke and the rest of development when he's yeah. like, he says he wants to go to the Magic Castle, and the, the taxi driver mishears him and says, "Got the girls." <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant joke. And he takes them to like a BDSM bar. It's ridiculous. And he's like, "Well, we're here." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to make a night of it. Um, um, but but it, but um, but if you think about it though, like we kind of sat there as we were interviewing people and uh, waited for Chris to be free, yeah, Chris yeah. Barry to be free. And it, I, he was so busy the entire time. I interviewed yeah. him at the end of the at the end of the con, like while they were while they were um, while they were uh, cleaning up. Yeah, uh, and. How we were sort of working out afterwards as a little bit of a fun game. How much they would have made each each autograph and how much they would have made on the night. And it's thousands and thousands. Of pounds Twenty quid a head, day. ten people, two hundred. Yeah, and let's say even a 50, thousand people, fifty in an hour. Yeah, you know? and a thousand people maybe yeah. over the course yeah, of a day yeah. in four hour block. Yeah. So a thousand people times twenty pound. That's a ridiculous amount. What, like twenty grand? Is not it? twenty grand? No, hold twenty on. grand. Because yeah, because hundred yeah, 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 yeah. is hundred is two thousand. hundred is two. A hundred is two. A hundred is two thousand times ten. That's twenty yeah. grand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Twenty grand. Jesus. Twenty grand for one day's work, and they probably get a percentage of the sit. Well, you probably they probably get something up front, and then depending on the revenue, the, the bigger the and the bigger the that, yeah. yeah, the bigger the con. No wonder, no Sleep wonder well, they lads. do. No. I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And now you wonder why they don't do series. They don't need to. <laughs> no, no, that's true. They don't need to. Although it is nice to see Red Dwarf coming back again. For In fairness, yeah. that sounds like I'm against the premise. I'm like going, you know what? I would, as, as Wayne yeah. says, I would pay 20 quid for an autograph for a certain yeah, yeah, person. Yeah. You know, I would pay, and I did. I spent 20 quid on getting Craig Charles' autograph, and I treasure it. So, you know... Like, I don't know. Yeah, I kind of think they deserve it. I kind of wish they didn't pay for autographs. Well, a couple of they should couple, pay yeah. for the appearance, and that's it. Really, and the autograph should be included. Like as a, what I think the greatest thing that they do is Red Dwarf related, which we should go to the next one. Mm. I'll make sure we'll make it a thing. We we'll go yeah, to the next yeah, one because yeah. I missed this year's one. Dimension Jump. If you pay the ticket price, which is about thirty quid a day, I think you get uh, order. You get all the autographs nice. included in the ticket. Nice. Now I think that's a really good thing to do, and I really think they should do that. Also, as well, some conventions have the seminars as ticketed things uh, that included everything. So you could go to the Q and A's with everybody. It was all in the main building and all in the main block, and it was included in your ticket. So I love that. So you got an autograph with everybody. Uh, the only thing that cost more was that the 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 frame thing with the ticket yeah. with them in the red dwarf the, oh, red, sure. the red dwarf backdrop, that cost like twenty pound to get a printed copy, yeah, uh, whatever it was, and I was like, but it was a digital a digital copy, and I'm like, I'm never gonna get that ever yeah, again. Yeah, well, this is it, you know. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I understand that because that's a once in a lifetime yeah. opportunity. So, so yeah, but the idea of an autograph, just an autograph, where they go, you can get anything signed. It's like um, the worst story I ever heard was Stanley. Uh, do you know Stan Lee? When he, you know, you know what? Do you remember when he um he he, he went to London? It was the first time he last. He jokingly said it was the last time he's ever going to be in London. And um, my friend Drew went, and do you know what? he didn't even speak to him. Like how it worked was how it worked was you you basically handed something to his assistant, 
and he's, you told his assist, you told his assistant what you wanted. So you never even got to speak to Stanley. He was in a, a crowd of people. You I, passed it to an assistant. He then passed it to Stan. Stan said, "What did they want rated?" And then he did that. You never I'll be spoken. honest. I'll be honest. I wouldn't. Um, um, I I wouldn't rate. No offense to Stan, I, but um, no. I mean, I, I like him, but I I personally would. I really rate that him really annoyed highly. me. I think he's just. I think Stanley is talented as he is. I think the reason he's making as much money as he is nowadays is because he's the last man standing. Yeah, he's that's literally the truth of it. He's the last man. And standing. also, like, I mean, he's I I I do give him his due, and I do oh, think yeah, he's talented. Yeah, sure. But like, as he points out, he's the, the reason Stanley is Stanley is because he got he was fortunate that he got the best talent available at a, at a time when there was hard there was no hardly any around. Yeah, got all these bunch of people together to 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 write the stuff to make the stuff to, and he said, my my skill is letting people breathe and do their own creativity totally. and he said you can make an argument of I'm just a person that takes other takes credit for it for other people's work like and I showcase other people's work which is essentially what he does there's yeah, very yeah. few stuff that he you know you can make an argument of Jack Kirby done more for does done more for comic books than Stan Lee has yeah, but yeah. he just is because he was uh, he was the behind the scenes guy when Marvel first started that Stan gets all the credit because he's the one that is the in 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 the in the in the limelight? It's a bit like it's a bit like you make the argument about MMA for MMA. Yeah, Dana White is the face of the of the president of thingy, but the the person who's probably done the most for MMA is, is Lorenzo Fertitta and the Fertitta brothers because they put the capital in to make it a success and they do all the meetings and business stuff. And Dana White basically just promotes the fights. Mm. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. gets more credit than anyone, totally. which is a very good point. Anyway, we need to wrap this up. We've been yes, a couple of hours, indeed. but yeah, thank you so much for being on. We're no, going to do more. I, I was saying to Wayne with totally. thingy that we should do hosted ones more, but this is going to be a guest because you haven't been on a while, so we'll guest as you. Yeah. Um. Uh, any stuff that you're working on you want to mention? Uh, um, any stuff that I'm working on? Um. No. Obviously, the project. I mean, you can mention the project. Thing yeah. You, um. Uh, uh, just that I'm working with the Slap Foundation, who are the Salums Archive Project. Yes. Um, an LGBT archive for the Northeast. They're looking. They're, really, well, they are really creating a website, which is documenting stories, pictures, archives. Nice. We're always looking from pe- for people from Newcastle, the Northeast, even further afield, Middlesbrough, Darlington, Carlisle, whatever. Well, that's more Cumbria, but from all of the north really of England to get in touch if you have any stories or pictures and stuff like that uh, we always like to hear from you um, and and just like to, to kind of so we can submit them to the website I also was going to say we commonly get asked this and I realise we haven't brought this up yet What's but up? it's just like I don't want to uh, I don't want to like uh, re, re, uh, I, part of me doesn't want to redo the reason why you ended up here but like it, uh, oh, we get constantly I, why, why are you for, when you castle when you like um, because uh, we commonly get asked what nationality you are. Okay, well, and I'm like, you're Irish, uh, but I don't want to bring up the reason why. But I'm sure he would be well, or, well, if he wants children, to talk about it. Yeah, um, yeah. many years Today's ago, Sesame Street is yeah, bought yeah. by the that bitterness. <laughs> <laughs> B um, for bitterness. So yesterday, yesterday, Michael Heppel turns around to me and, oh, says, uh, and he says, uh, "God, it, it must be about three years ago since <laughs> you had that massive fight. Uh, did you ever think about it? Um, no, I don't, Michael. Thanks for bringing it up. Uh, lovely bloke." Um, no, no. In in all fairness, and I say um, as well that like you know you stayed at my house. I've le- yes, well, yeah. yeah. I've led a full I've and varied family. life, and in some cases, I made some regrettable decisions. He's running from the law. <laughs> He's running from the law. <laughs> <laughs> Don't spread that I mean, I uh, yeah. for the Don't sake of lawyers, me. that's a joke. <laughs> no, I'm I'm here actually by a series of I suppose random. Series of unfortunate events. Yeah. <laughs> well, in a sense, in a sense. 
But I've 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 stayed. I've stayed ever since then because I continue to love the region and I'm very for- fortunate to work with projects and people like Geek Apocalypse and everything else I do that I believe in and that I love very much. So in the it's sense great that, that you yeah, had to stay. Yeah. It's, it's great yeah, in the yeah. sense, I mean, the seriously that you've actually managed to stay around because, is, like, you know, lovely, originally, yeah. like, you know, because so you're basically touching on the fact. I'll, I can say, I'll no, say I'm for sure. you yeah, is yeah, that yeah. like he had a he he came because he was in a, a, a long term relationship at the mm. time, mm. and then he ended up getting work with me for our radio stuff, which yes. is the youth work stuff that we did. Uh, and then that kind of have died really, and then sure, I was sure. like, yeah, yeah. and then I remember several points where you were going, "I'm not sure I can, I can stay here. I'm not." Well, this is it. Work. This is true. Because then yeah, I remember yeah. you got that work. You got that. You worked over the summer for a thing, and you was like, "That's a long term thing for a company." And then the guy who ran it got died, didn't he? Or that's right. Yeah, I was working in. Uh, I was working in Gateshead with a consortium of people, and it was coming up to Christmas, and everything had been going well for about four months. And it was like a long term thing, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and then I went. Uh, we were looking to launch a teaching school. That. Yeah, you went away for and Christmas. I went and home for Christmas. I came went, back, folded. and it was um, actually he's passed away yeah. in a heart and attack. The, on the Christmas whole thing Day. folded, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah they yeah. just went. We can't do this anymore. And actually, I lost out. I lost out all the well I mean not that it matters when someone lost their life yeah. if you like and, and a, you know a family lost a father but yeah when a company but in, falls, in that no respect there, yeah. yeah there was no money you're right yeah and it turned out that it's all awful, he had was yeah. a number of bad debts so I was owed about something in the region of about 12 1300 in back pay that I was still going to get paid after Christmas uh, that my contract was valid for and it just it was you know it wasn't that's shit paper yeah but that's off. fortunate incident yeah but then if it. you hire a solicitor they probably cost you about the same amount to <laughs> just to get money, it back so. yeah 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 i know that's a but real I, shame I know, I've, I've been but no you've been lucky that yeah, like, i'm really fortunate. nice because yeah. i honestly thought like i mean obviously when i was not very well and see very much but mm. but um but I, I often thought like during that period of time i'm going like is he still going to be here by the time <laughs> like you know if, if it all goes well and i'm back like yeah because like um because i did remember at one point where where i did i um i don't know if it was kieran or someone mentioned i was like that's right um, yeah someone had said to you that i'd gone back that you said that you'd gone no back, I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd, i went back for a few weeks because my my parents but i did say actually, he could have went and saw his parents like no, be a responsible actually, son actually i i should probably <laughs> tell you that my parents bought a house in france really they don't actually live in dublin anymore oh, right yeah they bought for they they my Lucky dad them. retired and they they decided didn't your brother live there? Or is he finally? Um, left? He's he has he has a lovely girlfriend now, and he spends all his time with the missus. Lucky him! I, uh, <laughs> Lucky very nice. Yes, um, I've I've never met her, but I hear she's a lovely lady. Oh, so, right, cool. um, well, hello, Keith. She makes if she makes him happy, then that's, that's good. true. That's very um, true, isn't it? And yeah, he makes her happy. I, I, I always hate when people lady. say that. As long as it makes her happy, like it's the girl's responsibility. Like it should be a, if it's a happy relationship. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm buggering off after this because I have to make Lindsay happy. Yeah. <laughs> She's she's been texting them the entire time, yeah, yeah. going fucking hurry Are up. You with still it. meeting me after work, dear? Yes, dear. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stop screaming. <laughs> <laughs> Capital letters. Uh, no, well, that's all funny. But no, no, but no, that's good. And it's like that's another great thing as well. You're still in a happy relationship. And yes, it's like, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. like. When did that happen? That was just before, wasn't it? Uh, it was like May fe- last year. February, February twenty. I'm trying to get my years right. February twenty fourteen. Oh, so that a last year, year? And a, yeah, a year last and year. a couple of months. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What yeah, year no. is it? No. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> what fucking? What year is it again? No, uh, no, no. But uh, yeah, about a year and no, that makes sense. Yeah, it was just yeah. before yeah. last summer. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's I remember. Right. Yeah, that makes so, sense. So um, it's uh, it's it's been an interesting one. Uh, yeah. It's it's been a very only, interesting time because I remember like the first the only time I the only time I ever met her 
was you came to my house and you just started going out with us like right, a couple of the weeks. Geek event. Yes, yeah, for the Geek, right. geek Fest. Right. That was right, yeah. It was Geek Which Fest. Evans wants to do another I know, yeah, he he's just sent me a message. Ah, uh, he just sent me a message today. I've been sort of I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, put up a put up a I'm gonna put up a poster. Uh, I'm gonna put up a poster basically teasing it. Yes, that's right. Um, Sorry, yeah. I do a radio show every Tuesday night live for Gravity Radio oh, yeah, Gravity. Northeast, which was set up by a former student of myself and Stevens, Kyle, yep. and he set this project up and it's gone from nothing to literally they're competing for a license within eight months of conception, which is, which cool. is astonishing. They are on the TuneIn app. You can find them around the world, Gravity Radio Northeast. They are honestly a lovely bunch of people. And uh, we should mention as yeah, well that mentally like sound. Uh, Mentally Sound yeah, as well, which is what I host and and, uh, and and Wayne produces, which is on the same channel, mm -hmm. which we do once a month. So yeah, no, they're cool guys. Yeah, so yeah, totally, absolutely. yeah we should check yeah, them out. Yeah. Great station. Um, I know, yeah, and the Mentally Sound's going really, really well as well, yeah. which is awesome. So, and yeah, they were only, they were only on... when I was in doing the show on Tuesday, they were only complimenting me about it. Yeah, well, they what? weren't, well, they were complimenting uh... the team about it. Two weeks time though, isn't it? Because it's not. It's the second Friday, so yeah, this is still it's the when I'm away. Yeah, it's when I'm away. Yeah, yeah. So, and it's yeah. Friday today, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. Uh, is it Friday? Yes, it, it is Friday. Friday today. God, man, me and my me and my Two weeks uh, today. me and my uh, time time frames. But uh, anyway, yeah, so awesome, yeah. So uh, as I say, you'll be hearing a lot more of Wayne. A uh, huge thank you for people who are listening. If you're listening to this on iTunes and whatnot, or any other, or Podbean or whatever, subscribe! And check out uh, my Twitter. It's and below. check out your Twitter, yeah. If you want to follow him, the Twitter's below as Wayne G. Madden. Uh, yeah, please do give him a follow. Uh, and obviously Your follow Factory us. album is out on the 7th of August, and I wasn't paid to say that. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward to the band releasing a new album. It's like so. whenever I read stuff and I'm going like, oh yeah, the, uh, when I played Torchlight, and I'm like, you can find this on Good Old Games. No one paid me to say that. <laughs> uh, although I would like them to. That's uh, true. Yeah, that'd be nice. I would be, be if I, if they did come a Twitch partnership, that would make a lot of sense for Good Old Games. Just I actually like bag, you know? I actually do buy a lot of games from Good Old Games, so the idea of them sponsoring nice. old, old School nice. Monday would make a lot of sense. But um, um, that's further down the line once we get bigger. Indeed. But um, I'm gonna be playing. I'm playing Dark Souls two currently on Twitch. Really cool. enjoying it. Cool. Uh, love that game. Playing still it later dying on. Every thirty seconds. Uh, there's been periods. Yeah. Uh, like. There, there was there were the Wednesday's stream. I spent the entire time killing the pursuer, the side boss, which is an added thing they added for PS4. Like you kill the pursuer boss, and then the pursuer yes. version turns up in random places, and he he ends up in this random bit. Now he's a side boss. You don't even have to kill him. It's like a side mini boss. And I spent about an hour of the stream just going back to that area, going, "I will beat him! I will beat him!" And now I'm currently stuck on the 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 lost the lost sinner boss. He's just really there's a movie does that I can't bloody block because I I'm not I don't use shields because I'm a swordsman yeah. and I don't know how to beat him. So um, that's mm. going to be my challenge in the stream later. So if you're watching the stream later on, you probably see me swearing a lot because I did that last stream and I, cool. I, I streamed before you cool. you did yesterday Hughes thank you as I say you can find Wayne on Twitch Thursday nights on our stream uh, 9 till 12pm mm -hmm. GMT time so please do follow us on Twitch as well as I say it's going really really well as this as of, as of this recording cool. Uh, so cool Huge fun! Thank you for doing this. No thank, you for, thank you for thank coming you to my uh, bachelor pad. Yes, no, it isn't lovely, really lovely. a bachelor pad. Um, I had to like take the green screen. That is the thing that Victoria gave me on Are Friday. Are you like growing apples? It, or it's a peppers. Yeah, it's peppers. Yeah, it's a pepper plant she gave me. I'm like, I'm no idea wow. why. But, um, it's a nice housewarming um, gift. Yeah, yeah. I actually, it's funny, funny that she said that. I actually like looked around my uh, flat and went, the one thing this doesn't have is flowers. 
and I know I, I, I'd noticed it, no, and I'm only nice. putting that there because it's the only way that I can get light, like yeah. natural light. To yeah, it because yeah, yeah. the only other window I've got is in my bedroom, and that never has any light because it's no. in where the street, it's in the streets. So. I sleep in darkness. Yeah, because <laughs> I am a vampire. <laughs> uh, that's a common. That's not very well known. But, oh, yeah. but anyway, huge thank you to Wayne. I'll end the podcast like I always end, in the words of the great B movie robot jocks, which is coming out on Blu-ray. I think you told me that, did you? Yeah, yeah. Coming out on Blu-ray, which is really awesome. Uh, so yeah, in the words of the great B movie robot jocks, crash and burn, and we'll see you very soon, guys. Uh, take care. Bye. You're listening to the audio version of the Geek Apocalypse podcast, brought by yours truly, Mr. Resident Geek Stephen Hesse. We are available on iTunes as well on www.geekapocalypse.com. Broadcast live and exclusively from Newcastle, England in good old UK. We also have a YouTube account which is www.youtube.com forward slash geekapocalypse where we'll be, we, we will be uploading all the videos from our podcast as well as from Twitch. Speaking of Twitch, we are also just starting a Twitch account which you can find at www.twitch.tv forward slash geekapocalypse where you can follow us to find out all the streaming we will be doing on said site. Also, you can, if you want to know everything that we're absolutely up to, you can follow us on Twitter, which is at geek underscore apocalypse. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy being a geek. <laughs>